everybody. Zach, turn me up just a little bit, my guy. Appreciate you. Uh, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Battle Round. It's our first regular season Battle Round in about six months, and we're excited to be here with you today. I just want to remind you that the Battle Round is brought to you by the Baltimore Police Department. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore Police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one, join for good at BP, bpdrecruit.org. We had uh, Baltimore Police Commissioner Michael Harrison on Glenn Clark Radio yesterday, and uh, he was saying that they have the, some they have the best starting wages in the state. You start off with about sixty k joining the Baltimore Police Department. So go go to bpdrecruit.org uh, and sign up today. Become a police officer, help your community. It's a great and worthy cause. So, hey, Zach, I see we're having some trouble on WavePad over mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Do me a favor. Go up to Record Options. Um, Yes, click, click Stop Recording. And then just click OK. And then start the recording again. No, no, you should just start. Either way, just start the recording again. And there we go. We're good to go. Uh, we're and good we're to good go. to go. That, that happens on GCR every now and again. It's just a weird glitch in the system. Yeah, it just doesn't show you the uh, the levels that we need to be seeing well, to, it, to run the show properly. It's Yeah, it's, it's not um, it's not registering them. And it's just something where you got to go in and just Odd. click OK. Yeah. And, and it, there's so many updates that need to be done in this studio. But we're still coming to, you, coming to you live from our studios down here at Press Box in Baltimore. Uh, and happy to be with you today. Look, it was a tough one for the Orioles yesterday. A lot of things to like, a lot of things not to like, and so let, let's start with let's start with the good, okay? Because always a good thing. Let, let's start with the good. <laughs> John means look, the pitch count was a little higher than you'd like for four innings pitch. He was right, right around close to eighty pitches. Um, but look, means went out there and he gave up uh, just the one earned run with one walk, five Ks, six hits allowed, and four innings pitched. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rays, their two runs came off of sack flies. This is a team that was seventh in the majors in home runs last year, second in runs scored, and the Orioles held them down to two runs on two sack flies. Anthony Santander, looking like the Anthony Santander of, of days past, uh, game-tying home run in the sixth. And one of my favorite things is seeing Santander hit a home run and know he got it because that look on his face just says it all. And I love that, they, that, they, that Jim Palmer alluded to that in the mm-hmm. broadcast yesterday. He said, all you have to do is look at his face when, right. when he hits it to know that it's a home run. Rocket. Yeah, it was an absolute rocket missile to rocket missile. Rocket R- missile, same thing, you know. R- Rahib and Kadri Ismail, the rocket and the missile. Yep. Yep. Love Kadri um, Ismail. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that that was that was the good. Uh, M- Mateo on base twice, a single yep. and a walk. Rias and Mancini d- a double each. The bullpen was outstanding. They were. I, I thought I thought the bullpen was outstanding. Dylan Tate, the hard luck loser. He gives up a base hit to start the the uh, what was it to start the the eighth inning, and they pull him after eleven pitches. Out he took he took seven pitches to get yeah. it to get three outs. Yeah. in the sixth inning, or I'm sorry, in the seventh inning, they send him back out there for the eighth. He gives up a base hit, and Hyde pulls him. Yeah. Eleven pitches. Yeah, and look, Jorge Lopez, he didn't pitch poorly. He got squeezed a little bit, 
with with Choi, uh, really they were pitches on either corner that could have gone either way. Yeah. And they ended up going in Choi's favor. And they end up getting they end up loading the bases before um, Jorge Lopez even comes in. And they, they uh, no wait, he's the one who loaded the bases, right? Yeah, I believe Lopez. Yeah, yeah Lopez yeah. is the one who loaded the bases. There's one out. He gives up the sack fly, and the next thing you know, it's it's two to one. It was just a hard luck loss for Dylan Tate. He pitched yeah. better than that. Yeah. He's got a nine ERA staring at him in the face, and he pitched well. He pitched well. They yeah. all pitched well. I uh, right. I mean, I I think I was most impressed with Perez out of all the yeah. guys that I saw because Perez. I maybe it's just because I didn't expect it as much. Mm-hmm. I I didn't see him a lot in spring training. I don't think he did pitch in many of the games that were on TV. He comes out there and you know, kind of a three quarter arm slot lefty that you know throws decently hard and has some good break on his breaking pitches. And the guy looked good. I mean, that that's a really he's obviously the replacement for Tanner Scott. That's kind of what I've gathered well, at this point. And that's and that's what you have to look at is yeah, you trade away Tanner Scott. Yeah. But now you have a guy who throws just about as hard as Tanner Scott. Yeah. He has a wipeout slider. Yep. And he throws strikes. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that that makes me okay with Tanner Scott not being here. We're going to get to the trade in a little bit. We'll get bit. to it. We'll get to it. But if that's how this guy's going to pitch, and look, he, he's had a modicum of success in the past, mm-hmm. not a ton of major league games, and he finally got extent, an extended look in the major leagues last year. It wasn't good at an no. ERA over six. But he's off to a solid start. They all yeah. are. And, 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 and Orioles pitching development is rapidly improving from yeah. where it was. And, Absolutely. you know, look, this guy pitched at the Reds last year and had around a 70 RA. Not optimal. But, you know, he's, what, 26 years old, 25 years old? 25. He's There's 25. a lot of molding you can do with a guy like that. I mean, the mm-hmm. Orioles can take him and give him to Chris Holt and say, all right, let's look at the metrics, let's look at the advanced data and see how we can make this guy a better pitcher. And I guarantee that that's something they've worked on during spring training and right now. They're going to go through it the whole year with this guy. Um, and clearly, I, I think it shows confidence in him and confidence in his ability with the Tanner Scott trade. I think this guy is clearly the guy they're, they're putting their their uh, money on, I guess I would say, to, re- to be that replacement. Yeah. Because he is a good pitcher who has good stuff. Now it's just he has to has to make that you know he's got to be consistent. He's got to make that a consistent thing. Number one, he's also got to put it on the field and in the stat book. I mean yeah. that's what it, that's what it really comes down to. You can have great stuff. You can throw as hard as you want, but you've got to get guys out. Simple as that. And, 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 and we'll see if he does. Yeah, Brian Baker, another one who served himself well yesterday, hitting his spots, and he was he he had a dominant one two three inning. Yeah. Uh, didn't did he strike out the side? Brian Baker struck out two. He okay. He, yeah. he he struck out two, but that's right. He he did. He struck out yeah. two. All the pitching looked really good. Jorge Lopez yeah. was a little shaky, but again, he was squeezed a little bit, and there was no hard contact. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at at a walk that could in a bat where he could have just as easy. <clears throat> I don't know what the hell happened there. <laughs> and the bat with Choi that just as easily could have been a strikeout. Yeah, you know that that that, that pitch on two two on the outside corner. Yeah. Don't know where it missed. So, with Lopez, too, the, the velocity was up about three miles an hour compared to his 2021 averages. Right. He was more 95, 96 last year, more 98, 99. Well, that tends uh, to happen when you take a guy who was in the starting rotation, you put him in the bullpen. Well, definitely. They, 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 definitely. Can, they can gas it up a little bit because yeah. they, they're only pitching the one inning. Sure. You know, so I, I kind of expect stuff like that. Um, but we know he can do it. We yeah. know Jorge Lopez throws hard. That's why he was a big prospect back in the day. With, with, um, you know, I believe it was the Brewers he was a prospect with for a yeah, little he, while. Yeah, he was and, top 100 prospect. Um, right, he was, and it, because he threw 100 miles an hour. And if he can do that consistently out of the back end of the bullpen, he's going to get guys out. Yeah. Now, I love how we're trying to convince ourselves that this, that this bullpen can be really good. Uh, date one game. I don't. I, I don't think so. Simply because they're not going to get enough starting pitching to, to let this yeah. bullpen be be healthy and, and recharge the entire season. I think yeah. that's going to be the biggest issue. And, and speaking of which, Matt Harvey has signed a minor league deal. With the, the, I thought that get he, excited, everyone. I, I, I thought that he. Um, 
was definitely serving a 60-game suspension. They haven't suspended him yet. Uh, he, uh, he is. He definitely is. No, he's not. They haven't suspended him yet. There's a suspension. They said that the suspension is likely, and they were talking 60 games, but he is not suspended yet. I'm going to check on that. I yeah, really because think I, I saw it on the broadcast yesterday really? that he's not suspended, but the, they think a suspension is coming. I guess they were waiting to see if he signed with a team because if he's not signed with anybody, he can just serve a 60-game suspension and uh, just go from there. But he's not suspended yet. So he's gonna he's gonna go down to Sarasota. He's gonna work, and then they said that this, uh, yeah, they said he might face an immediate suspension, which makes no sense. Why I I'm very confused on why they're in the middle here. Just give him one well, or don't. Well, because <laughs> he wasn't on a team. He deserves one. I, I think that if he gets that if he's on a team, they're gonna suspend. Then, okay, okay, him. you, you know what I mean. Sense, yeah. Um, but yeah. So those are the things. Uh, Matt Harvey aside, some of the things that we saw that we really liked yesterday. Now now here's the bad. Uh, also, I thought that they hit fairly well. I thought they hit fairly well yesterday. Here's the bad. Yeah, now with runners for, in scoring position. 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. Um, 14 strikeouts. Yeah. And this is a continuation from last year. This team last year, with runners in scoring position, slash 232, 311, 353 with a 364, um, OB, um, not OBP, OPS. Brutal. Brutal. And that continued yesterday. You can't load the bases with one out in the first inning and not score. You can't put runners on first and third with one out in the second inning and not score. You can't get guys on second base with less than two outs and not score. You've got a job to do. They didn't get anybody over. They didn't get anybody in. It, it, it was it was not good. Now, look, the other guys are getting paid, too. And the, the Tampa Bay Rays are a damn good baseball team that pitches really Really well. Mm. Shane McClanahan's no joke. No. He's absolutely no joke. No. I mean, it's not surprising to me that he was mowing dudes down. You had him on the ropes in the first inning and you let him off the hook. You can't do that. And, you know, the the, the sad part about that is, and I know he's not going to get a hit every time he comes up, obviously, but Ramon Arias is the best hitter on this team, realistically, with runners in scoring position, or the second best, I should say, really. I, I'd probably say Cedric Mullins is a little better, but Cedric Mullins doesn't get a lot of those opportunities being at the top of the lineup. You get more with Ramon Arias being in that six hole. And Ramon hit really well last year. I think he hit like 320 with runners in scoring position. Mm-hmm. A guy that does well in that situation couldn't get it done in that first day. Well, and he just missed. He did. He, he flew out basically to the wall. Yeah, hit the ball hard. In, in, in center field, a ball that looked like a pop-up when he hit it. But that ball, I mean, they're indoors, so it's carried, not like... Carried, It's... He just missed. But what I look at more so is Mancini striking out. No, no, I'm sorry. Man- Mancini almost grounding into another double play. Mm-hmm. And then you have Santander up with the bases loaded, and it was a bad at bat. Yeah. It was a really bad at bat, and he struck out. Yeah. You can't strike out there. You've got to put the ball in play. Yeah. You know, And we forgive him because he hit the home run in the sixth inning. And, and he, I believe he took a walk at a point in the game, too. But you can't strike out in that situation. You have got to put the ball in play. Now, look, I, there's also the other side of things. If you put the ball in play and ground into a double play, you end the inning. But you can't strike out. Nothing can happen with a strikeout. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. So that's that was disappointing. Hopefully they're able to bounce back uh, today against Drew Rasmussen. They, that game uh, starts at one ten today. It's going to be Jordan yep. Lyles in his Orioles debut. Um, now look, let's move on. Let's talk a little bit about this trade. Um, the Orioles, they send, uh, and, and we don't, we're going to talk about it later on in Orioles banter too. really get into it, but let's just talk about our initial reaction to this. Mm. Um, Tanner Scott, Cole Sulcer sent to the Marlins who for some reason look at the Orioles and say, they've got good pitching. I want what they've <laughs> got. 
don't know what you're looking at. No. But no. They, they get Cole Salser, they get Tanner Scott. Uh, in return, the Orioles get uh, competitive balance round B pick number 67, which is a very high draft pick. That is a very high draft to pick. Get. I didn't think you could you could trade draft picks. You can trade competitive balance draft picks, not gotcha. regular draft picks. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, they get the, the, the number 67 overall pick in the draft. I think they have like five or six picks in the top 94 now. They have five, yeah. Yeah. Um, then they also get um, a left-handed reliever by the name of Antonio Velez. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a guy who pinpoint control. Doesn't throw very hard. I think he tops out about 92 to 94. Yeah. But he... And that's fine. He, that's perfectly fine. For a lefty, that's perfectly fine. Yeah. And he hits his spots. He In 18 innings last year uh, in, in double A, yeah. one run allowed, two walks. Yeah. He walked 11 guys... Uh, between Double A and tri- and Triple A, not a ton of walks last year. The, no. the, the the guy, and this is a guy. If you've read some things from the Marlins, he could be in the major leagues this year. Mm-hmm. He's going to get his start at Double A. They'll probably if, if he's successful, he'll move up to Triple A uh, probably pretty quickly. I would imagine he'll probably get a shot in the major leagues this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also get seventeen year out year old outfielder Kevin Guerrero. Um, or is he sixteen? Uh, 17. 17 year old outfielder Kevin Guerrero. I don't know anything about this guy. All I know is that he signed in the international uh, signing period for $600,000. I'll tell you what that move is. That is Mike Elias not getting a guy he wanted, and now he just got him. Hey, hey, that's mm-hmm. uh, that's what it is. Is really Michael Elias has done this multiple times with guys where he tries to sign them in the international signing period, can't gets them in a trade. That that's something they've done a lot of, and I think it's a really smart strategy, just based on you know the Orioles are big into modeling and and statistical projection and all that, and you know they can look at a guy like this who's 17 years old and project what he is at 22, 23. That's always a a pretty decent gamble to take, I think. So there's a good chance this guy never turns out to be anything. It's it's a it's a wild card, complete yeah. lottery ticket, but you know. Or no. Well, yeah, and basically what you got is you got a you got a guy who could be a major league reliever and, yeah. and a good major league reliever, and you got a high draft pick. Yeah, out out, out of this trade. Yeah. So for me, and look, we're gonna we're gonna get further into that later on. We'll talk about it more. Um, so we're not gonna talk about what we what what we think of the trade. Mm-hmm. Just our initial reactions here. And my initial reaction was that. It weakened an already bad Orioles team. Yes, and I was dis- I think we were both disappointed with our knee jerk reactions yeah. because you look at it, and for me, I've been saying all off season that the, a strength for this Orioles team could be their bullpen. Yeah, and then you get rid of your best reliever, most consistent reliever from last year in in mm-hmm. Cole Sulcer, and maybe your most electric arm in Tanner Scott. Now right. we we know the issues with Tanner Scott. He doesn't always throw strikes. He can spot his slider. He cannot. He has no idea where his fastball is no. going. Uh, but he had an ERA of about two and a half into July last year, mm-hmm. and then he hurt his knee, and he wasn't the same pitcher after that. So yeah. a healthy Tanner Scott, I was willing to give another shot to, but this is not going to get into it. I'll break that down later. Okay. Initial re- initial reaction, I was disappointed because I felt like it weakened the Orioles, and it took away from the one... The second strength, the other strength being their outfield and their outfield depth. But it took away from a strength of this ball club and made it seem like, okay, well, last year we watched this team pitch to a, what, a 6-0-9 ERA in the eighth inning, yeah. give up game after game after game. We saw them give up 11 runs in the in the last inning, uh, in the seventh inning of a seven-inning doubleheader game. Yeah. We watched them give up six runs twice. to the, All these times were against the Blue Jays, who were mm. a damn good hitting team. But sure. you can't give up six, seven, 11 runs in an inning. Now, I don't care how good the team is. No. You're, you're, you clearly aren't doing your job, and you're clearly incompetent yeah. if that's the case. And now I look at it, and I'm like, 
that's what's going to happen again this year. Oh, yeah, 100%. And it, my, my reaction to this was, how are the Orioles going to have enough pitching to get through this season? That's what I was thinking, because Tanner Scott and Cole Saucer, like them or not, and I know there's a lot of people who really don't like Tanner Scott especially. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of guys who really don't like him. But, look, Tanner Scott's a pretty reliable reliever. He, he stayed somewhat healthy in the past few years. He's been, you know, he, he throws hard. He has amazing stuff. I mean, he really is, when you look at him from from a perspective of, of stuff, he really has some of the best in, in Major League Baseball. If he could control it better, if he had command, then, you know, Tanner Scott would be a, a top, top reliever in baseball. Never became that. And I don't think anyone really expected expected him to at this point because you know he just never had command but he's a reliable guy Cole Saucer is even more reliable and he was penciled in as the closer in my opinion I, th- I think that's where he was going to be now you get rid of these two guys and you throw a few waiver claims in there you throw a few minor league signings Matt Harvey could make an appearance in there at some point you know Dean Kramer Keegan Aiken those kind of guys it just gets substantially worse mm-hmm. and we'll break I, I, I do I do have feelings on the other part of this trade and, and what the Orioles received but you just look at it from a perspective of the Orioles used an unbelievable amount of pitchers last year. I think it was yeah. a club club record, right? Yeah. The most they've ever used. That's going to even go up this year because you look at you know a, a truncated spring training mm-hmm. and you know guys not really in the same training regimen all season they would have been because of the lockout, and then you trade away your two best bullpen arms. That's con- that's a little bit concerning to me. I yeah. just don't know how you can really say at this point the Orioles' bullpen is going to be... And, and also, I, I do want to say this, too, is that they have no starting pitching. So the, the bullpen's going to be taxed all years. These waiver claims, even if they're good, which is obviously a big question mark. We just don't know about guys like Joey Kribiel and, and even Brian Baker. We have no idea what Brian Baker is going to look like over a whole season. He looked good yesterday, but we don't know. Mm-hmm. You're, you're removing same thing your, we say on Perez. Exactly. Perez is the same way. You you can have great stuff and not have you know consistency over an entire year. So subtracting your two best bullpen pitchers, kind of a questionable move to me. Absolutely. And, and then you have people who are, who are making it seem like Salser was nothing more than a run-of-the-mill reliever. Mm-hmm. The guy th- pitched in 60 games last year and had a 270 ERA. That's not run-of-the-mill. That's no. a damn good reliever. Oh, he's a 32-year-old run-of-the-mill uh, uh, re- reliever. But teams value these guys but, very highly. But he was the only guy that you could trust throughout right. the entire year. He was the right. only consistent part of your bull. I don't care that he's 32. I don't care that he had a stop in Tampa Bay before mm-hmm. he before he got here. He was good in Tampa Bay in seven games. He didn't give up a run. Yeah. I, I I don't care that his career started late. No. Better late than never. Some play, some people are late bloomers. Sure. You can't convince me. Oh, this is just a, a, a. It's the same thing with Richard Blyer. They didn't say that about oh, Richard God. Blyer. Yeah. They didn't say that about Richard Blyer. Richard Blyer was a damn good reliever. He had an oblique, like a terrible oblique tear. He did. And it took him a long time to come back. But then when he finally he, he came back, he wasn't the same. He came on at the end of the season the next year, which was uh, what was it, twenty twenty? The beginning, Maybe. the beginning of twenty. Yeah. yeah, it was the beginning of twenty twenty. That July, mm-hmm. and, and he was pitching well for the Orioles. He was yeah. pitching really well, and he gets traded. And look, I understand the trade, but you nobody was sitting there was sitting there then saying, "Oh, well, this is just your cookie cutter reliever. He's just run of the mill." No, he was a good reliever who just happened yeah. to be thirty three yeah. years old. The Marlins love our guys. I don't yeah. know why. But, well, the, the the thing about the Marlins is they take all of our good guys. They took Wei Yin Chen. Now he floundered there. Yeah, he wasn't good. Uh, they took Zach Pop, who we think he's going to be something. Yeah. Uh, he was good the first half of the year last year with them, then struggled down the stretch. Richard Blyer, yeah. good reliever. Tanner Scott, if they turn him into something, God bless him. Yeah. God bless yeah. him. You, you know what I mean? But This is the first time that I've been on board 
with the idea of trading Tanner Scott. Before this year, before this year, I was absolutely no. Absolutely not. You do not trade him. But he's had one year in his entire career, and it yeah. was a truncated 60-game season where he looked like the guy we thought he could be. We've talked a lot about on the show the fact that when Adley Rutschman is promoted, when Grayson Rodriguez is promoted, surrounding them with talent is key. And you just subtracted the, the two best bullpen pitchers out of your bullpen. That's just where I stand on this trade. I'm a little bit like, all right, you know, I, I like this for the Orioles in a way because I, I do like the return, and, and I'll, I'll explain more of why later. But I don't know. I just look at it as you're really subtracting from a strength that you've built. I mean, this yeah. is a, and and Saucer, fine. Saucer is 32 years old, maybe not going to be the next competitive on the next competitive Orioles team. Tanner Scott, man, I don't uh, know. you know what though? Darren O'Day is 39 years old, and he's still, he's still getting it's true. done. He is. So look, we'll we'll get more into that. I don't want to spend any more time talking about it during the introduction of the show. We'll talk about it later in the Orioles banter. Um, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, about um, Grayson Rodriguez since you brought him up last night in his AAA debut. Look, he only threw 61 pitches. He only threw four innings. Yeah. One hit, one walk, seven Ks. That's our guy. You see that guy <laughs> go out there in his first AAA start ever Yeah. and dominate. Mm-hmm. That's domination. I would have liked to see more innings, personally. Well, I, I but, just, but, but here's the thing. I'm still... But, 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 Zach, they're building up major league pitchers the same way. Sure, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, 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 there's no way that a month from now, John Means only goes four innings yesterday. There's no, there's no way yeah, that, that Shane McClanahan yeah. only goes four and a third yesterday. Every team's doing this. They're all just building up their pitchers. My point Matt is Scherzer more... is, is, is the lone the lone exception. Mm-hmm. Here. Sure. My, my point is more that Grayson Rodriguez, we, we haven't seen him go six, seven innings yet. Mm-hmm. We just haven't. And I'd like to see it at some point. He's going. But yeah, you're, he, you're right. They're he, building him up, for yeah, sure. They're, 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 they're handling him the same way they're handling the, yeah. Every team is handling their pitchers. The outliers, of course, being... Um, and I said that, that Max Scherzer is the lone exception. He's not. Um, the Padres or some guys that have uh, Sha- Sean Manaya, you Darvish, six innings, seven innings, six innings. Uh, those two guys, Scherzer, six innings yesterday. Um, so they're they're but those guys are established big league pitchers. Grayson Rodriguez, he's going to be here probably sooner than later mm-hmm. if he continues to do what he's doing. If he does what he did yesterday and they get him built up to five, six innings, yeah, a hundred pitches, he'll be here next month. There's not a doubt in my mind he'll be here next month if he if he continues to progress that way. I'm pretty confident in that, too. Yeah. So, really, really great to see Grayson Rodriguez hit the ground running yeah. in AAA. And speaking of hitting the ground running, Yusniel Diaz. He is. He was on fire in the spring, and he's on fire at Norfolk. He's got two home runs already. He's got like three or four doubles. He's driving the ball. He's driving in runs. He's tearing the cover off the ball. He's getting on base. Two more hits last night, another home run, I'm sorry, another double, um, a walk. Th- this is this is a guy who is... He's got not, a lot to prove. He's got a lot to prove, but he's doing it right now. He is. He's he doing is. exactly what they hoped he would do, what they hoped he would do last year. Yeah. And, and Jemai Jones, another guy, hitting 465 right now. I'm going to cool it with him. I, yeah. I, I, I'm not a believer there. Yeah, um, but look, it, it beats the alternative. It does. It, it beats does. You. And then Ryland Bannon, 4-for-4 four four with a home run and three RBIs last yeah. night. That looks good, too. Um, I think Kelvin Gutierrez is going to get a, a, a good, long look. Extended look, sure. Because Bannon had a bad year last year. The, I, I don't I don't want to say I'm not a believer in Bannon. I just don't really see it at this yeah. point. Now, um, I, I don't see it either, but but it's, it's uh, all these guys. I don't see it with all, any of those yeah, three guys no. yet. 
it's up to them to continue to play well and prove it to us. I mean, right? Diaz is by far the most toolsy guy of the three. Um, and, and Diaz, I could see being a, a average major league starter. I could certainly see that. The other two, maybe more role players, um, you know, some utility guys and like that. Yeah, yeah, no, no, exactly. With Bannon, I don't know. I think you want, but I mean, if Bannon can play second base and first base. He can play third too. He play, he's played I know a he bit, yeah. he starts at third. That's his position. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I was saying if he can okay, play yeah. if, as a utility guy, if he can also play sure. second base and yeah. first base, you know what I mean. But um, at five foot eight, you probably want a taller. I was going to say for, he's a little bit of a shorter guy. Yeah, for, for uh, first baseman. But look, we're going to see. It beats the alternative. They're, they're tearing the cover off the right. ball down there in Norfolk, and that's without Adley Rutschman, without DL Hall. Uh, yeah, and Kyle Stowers, who's missed three or four games now because he got hit on the hand, but mm-hmm. he probably played today. Yeah, um, th- they're looking good down there. The, yeah. the affiliates last night scored forty-five runs. I was in Bowie last night, actually. Bowie, um, Bowie. So uh, Drew Rom took the mound for Bowie. Gave up three earned. Didn't have his yeah. greatest start. Um, you know, it, he just missed with a few fastballs. Uh, the, the slider looked decent. I mean, there was some good stuff coming out of Drew Rom. It wasn't his best outing, and he only went, I think, three innings, maybe four. Uh, but he gave up three earned. Just wasn't his night. Yeah. Um, Gunnar Henderson and Jordan Westberg, pretty quiet nights for both of them. Uh, I think Westberg struck out two or three times, and and Gunnar uh, hit a few soft ground balls. Didn't do a lot either. Uh, some of the other guy, uh, JD Mundy looked really good. Yeah. Uh, Hudson Haskin had a very hard he had, hit he, ball. He had three doubles. Yeah, he last he, night. he smoked one. I think it had to be an exit velo of one ten. I mean, yeah. he uh, he destroyed it down the left field line. I'm um, surprised to see Hudson Haskin it, because of the injuries that he had last year. I was surprised to see him start a double A this year. But the, I was too. This yeah. this, this regiment this regime mm. they seem like they want to challenge their guys. Oh, that and that's that's the right move in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, challenge them. You know, make make them play a little bit above their level, and I think that's a good thing. And then and then quickly right. Before, just be, for a second before we call Stan uh, Aberdeen. Yeah. <laughs> Kobe Mayo, a home run in his first at bat. Yeah. Colton Kalzer had three hits last triple. night. Triple. Yeah. Including uh, a triple. Yeah. I think he had a double, too. Yeah. He, uh, um, <laughs> I uh, love me some Colton Kalzer. Yeah. yeah you're going to see a lot of progression from these guys. Yeah. It, it had to get you excited here. Mike Elias, talk about the, the state of this team. And uh, yeah, go ahead. Um, talk about the state of this team and how they're going to make sure you mute yourself. Um, Talk about the state of this team and how this is a year of evaluation and a lot of their prospects are going to graduate because it makes you think that they have a plan for this offseason. It makes you think that they have a plan um, moving forward. So I, I, I'm really, really even more excited now than I have been the past few weeks for this squad. Uh, while Zach gets Stan on the phone, the rest of the show for today, Stan in a matter of moments. Uh, then we're going to do sounding off with Zach Goodman before our first break. We have Orestes Destrade becoming a regular on the show. Uh, Tampa, Ray, Tampa Bay Rays broadcaster for Fox Sports Florida. He also has a new podcast called The Legends Lounge with uh, Ryan Braun. Uh, not Ryan Braun, Scott Braun from MLB Network. We're going to talk about that with him. The payoff pitch around the league is back going over the scores um, from yesterday's uh, slate of action. Orioles banter are going to talk about the 28-man roster. Get a little bit deeper about this uh, Salser and Scott trade. Um, we're going to have somebody. I th- I, we're going to reach. I think we're going to have Steve Molesky, but don't hold me to that. And then we're going to close things out with Take to Rake in a new segment called Final Thoughts, and I'll get into that with you a little bit uh, more later in the show. Just want to remind you that the Bat Around is brought to you by Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. You can bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. Plus, all Live Rewards members who make a $50 bet... That's over because the NCAA tournament is over. Um... 
So that's done. But you can join Pressbox's Glenn Clark and 105.7 The Fans, Drew Forrester, tomorrow afternoon in the FanDuel Sportsbook for the final round of the Masters. They'll have great giveaways, including free rounds of golf at Baltimore's Classic 5 Golf Courses, and they'll help you make some money. Now, without further ado, the founder and grand poobah, if you will, of the bat around. He is Stan the Fan Charles, and he's here with us live for his weekly segment on the bat around. Stan, good morning to you. How are you? I'm great. Just want to remind folks that this segment each week is brought to you by the Costas Inn. Everybody knows in Baltimore that the Costas Inn is a great place to go eat, but they've stepped up their game after the pandemic, and they are the number one destination for carryout. 410-477-1975 for the best crabs, crab cakes, crab soup, steaks, and whatever else. I am doing it. I'm going to the Costas Inn. I, 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 right. I, I'm, I'm sure you are. I'm sure you are. I, no, I, video, video it for me. I, I, Stan, I'll go. I'll, I'm going to opening day with my dad on Monday. I'll take him. We'll go to the Costa Sim. We'll right. do it. We'll do it. All right. Um, Stan, what's going on, guys? The Orioles' 28-man roster had some surprises, especially after that uh, Cole Sulcer and Tanner Scott trade. Uh, were there surprises for you? Were you surprised to see Odor make the roster despite a terrible spring? What are your thoughts uh, on the uh, on the opening 28-man roster? Um, I, I wasn't terribly surprised that Odor made the team, and now he's batting a thousand. You know, so uh, yeah, excuse me, the, swing. the bad, the bad springs out of the way. Uh, I can't say there were a lot of surprises. I guess the 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 freshness of that whole bullpen. Um, you know, maybe maybe it's just as simple as this. You know, I know they they made that trade for competitive balance reasons. You know, they get that pick, that extra pick. But, boy, our bullpen yesterday, it just reminded me of the Tampa Bay bullpen. Just a lot of guys that, that we're trying to get an, a single inning out of. You know, mm-hmm. uh, Perez looked good. CNL Perez, uh, Brian Baker looked good. Uh, so is it Baker or Barker? Baker. 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 That's what I thought it was. Um, you know, it, it just had a fresh, a fresh look to it. Um, and, you know, I would have liked to see Means look a little bit crisper. Yeah. But, you know, he kept, he kept the team in the game. And, unfortunately, Tampa Bay, uh, you know, eked out, eked out a victory. And they're going to do that a lot. They're, they're really di- pretty dynamic ball club. You know, Tampa Bay. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, Stan, you mentioned CNL Perez, and he looked good all spring. He looked good yesterday. Yep. We, we're not we're not buying in yet. It's one game, one spring. Yep. We're, not, we're not buying in yet. But when you look, when you watch him pitch, and you see him touch 97, 98 with his fastball, you see him have that the excellent secondary stuff, and he can actually throw it for strikes. Do you think that the Orioles had him in mind for a guy who could fill that that hole, that void left by Tanner Scott, and that's why maybe they they were willing to trade Tanner Scott after investing so much time and effort into him. Yeah, I, I think they had him in mind. I mean, I think uh, Mike Elias, if I'm not mistaken, he comes from, didn't he start in the Houston organization? He did. He did. Yeah, yeah. So Mike is uh, pretty familiar with them, and uh, they reached out to him. It was a good free agent signing, you know, a minor league free agent signing. I think originally it was a minor league free agent deal, mm-hmm. uh, but certainly – they watched uh, Perez uh, all spring and and didn't see that as a, a negative. The only bad thing about giving up Tanner Scott and and I'll I'll talk a little bit about that as well. The what I think who I think that was the most unfair 
uh, trade for was the manager, Brandon Hyde. But uh, it's just a shame that they traded him, Tanner Scott, on such a low low point. You know, and, and I could see it last year with Scott. You know, based on based on how little everybody pitched last year, I think it was really tougher on the relief pitchers getting up and down mm-hmm. so much in a hundred going from sixty game season to a hundred and sixty two game season last year. And Scott looked absolutely Tanner Scott looked absolutely like running on fumes from about August 1st on. Well, and in July, he had that knee injury that hampered him the rest of the year. Before the knee injury, his ERA was about 2.6. And after that, it ballooned. He ended the year over 5. I don't think you – but honestly, the knee injury probably – I just think they traded him at a really low point. You know, and I'm not saying you always want to keep players because you don't want to trade them at a low point. But from what you could have gotten for him a couple of years back, I gotta believe they got pennies on the dollar for Tanner Scott. Well, but I mean, let's look at it. They, they got a number sixty-seven overall pick, which is a high draft pick. It is very valuable. Yeah, yeah. very they, valuable. They they also got a twenty-five-year-old left-handed reliever who has impeccable pinpoint control, who they think can help at the big league level probably mm-hmm. this year. And then a wait, fl- minute, who did they? Hold on, who did they get? And, I've never heard the player to be named later. So they got Antonio Velez, and they heard they got uh, Kevin Guerrero. So Kevin Guerrero is a 17-year-old outfielder who got signed for six hundred thousand dollars last year. And Zach and I both agree this is probably a guy that Elias wanted to I mean, that Elias wanted to sign and wasn't able to. So we just tr- yep. went and traded for him. Uh, Antonio Velez is a guy who got up to who had pinpoint control. No, I, at, read, I read about these two guys. I thought there was another player to be named later. There, there is. Like it just won't be known until. We, yeah, we, we don't. Yeah. We don't know yet. But the, the I mean, t- the point. The point I'm making is you've again in this trade, and again, the the Orioles aren't going to live or die by having Cole Sulcer and Tanner Scott this year. But geez, I'd like. I I would have liked to seen, and I wrote this in my piece that'll be out in the new press box. If if Mike Elias is really dealing faithfully and honestly with Brandon Hyde, he should have made this trade and then given Brandon Hyde a two-year extension. Yeah. Okay. It's just constantly chopping his his feet from under him, uh, and he really hasn't had a fair shot. You know, he's got, every time they get a shortstop, they trade him after sixty games, you know, or thirty games, whatever it is. You know, it's it's just he hasn't had. A, a really fair shot at managing a, a really competent major league club. And the fact that they got a 17-year-old doesn't do an awful lot for Brandon Hyde's future. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. A lot of these guys are guys who probably won't be here till potentially Brandon Hyde's long gone. Um, so yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm beginning to, you know, I'm beginning to see the inevitable handwriting on the wall. And I, I think to, to not do this in tandem to not have extended him going into this year sends a—I don't think it sends a good message yeah, to the I, team. I, I'll tell you, and ever since he kind of came back into the news last week, and um, and Zach and I'll talk about this a little bit later on today as well. But he's now a broadcaster. Got a kind of an unfair shake in New York. He didn't even get to start yet. I, I'm looking at Carlos Beltran, man. I would not put it past Mike Elias making Carlos Beltran the next the next uh, manager of the Baltimore Orioles. I'm not. I, I'm I'm not gonna give too much credence to it, but it's in the back of my mind. And now that you're saying that's a good, that's a good, that's a very good name because you know everybody's everybody's chirping to me. Well, it's obvious Buck Britton's going to be the the manager. 
they they need to to and nothing against Buck Britton. Buck may one day be a very fine major league manager, mm-hmm. but he's managed all of two seasons in the minor leagues. Uh, and he didn't play in the major leagues. Not that that's you have to have played in the major leagues. I think a name like Carlos Beltran is exactly what they would be looking for. You know, uh, something that would excite the fan base. Buck Britton does nothing to excite this fan base. I don't know how many times a team has actually groomed a manager throughout the minor leagues and then brought yeah. them up there. That really doesn't. That argument never really made sense to me. That oh, Buck Britton's just the automatic next manager. I, I don't think that has anything to do with anything. Right, I think Buck is proving, I think Buck Britton, I want to be careful so people don't think I'm talking about Buck Showalter. I think Buck Britton is being a good soldier and is more adaptable to the way Mike Elias wants things to be taught and preached than Gary Kendall was. Yeah. Yeah, he's a a team guy coming up through the system. I just don't think that, like Zach said, they're they're not grooming. They're not grooming their next manager, especially with their current manager still in-house. Right, I agree. I totally agree. I mean, you're always grooming managerial talent or coaching right. talent. You know, I mean, Earl Weaver came up to be a coach under Hank Bauer. I, I just don't think that's it been their plan all along. Him. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and you mentioned Buck because you don't want to get get the two confused. And I know this wasn't in my notes, but did you happen to catch that game last night between the Mets and Nationals, Stan? No, I didn't. It was on Apple, and uh, we're we're converting over to. Uh, What's it, Roku or something like that? Okay, but I, I don't know how to work it yet, so my wife didn't put it on the TV in my, in our den yet, and I didn't know how to get over to Apple. I was watching, um, I was watching the other game. What was the, it? Was such a? It was actually a very great game. It was a Toronto Texas game. Oh yeah, Toronto yeah, yeah. Scored, Toronto came back from a seven nothing lead after two innings. Yeah, to win uh, the game ten day. Yeah, that was that was that was an incredible game. Well, the mention the reason I mentioned Buck is that in game one, Nationals pitchers hit three Mets batters throughout the yep. game, and then last night, um, drilled Francisco Lindor right in the face, like right yep. right in the mouth, and Buck was the first one out of the dugout, fired up, dropping f bombs. Um, yep. going around umpires, and it, it, it reminded me what what he was like here. Um, for me, I, I guess I don't really have a question here. It was just good to see him get get to see Buck back in the game and reminding people why he's such an important manager and why he's so good. And I think he's such a huge get for the Mets because they have all the talent in the world and they have the the right guy leading them now. I think. Um. So Stan, Orioles they lose game one yesterday. We talked about the the, the pitching and how good that was yesterday. Now you get to the offense and the, the team they hit fairly well. But the same issues that happened last year crept back up. 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. Struck out 14 times after last year slashing 232, 311, 353 with runners in scoring position. Are you concerned um, that this is the same that these issues are going to stick around this year? Repeat that. I'm sorry, you you lost me there for a second. All right. So the Orioles last year with runners in scoring position, they hit just 232 as a team with a 311 on base percentage and a 353 right. slugging percentage, um, and that was a big issue for them this year and last or last year. And then yesterday they go 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position. They wasted a number of opportunities to to put some runs on the board. Is that a concern for you moving forward, or is it just you're looking at it as just one game? Um. I don't. I don't expect this. Cl- I, I don't expect this club to be 
a whole lot better in that in that department. You know, I just don't think they've got that that talent there. You know. Yeah, I, I, I think there's something to be said for that because it, 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 judging off of yesterday's game, it doesn't seem like they have the patience at the plate to be able to generate a ton of offense with guys in scoring position. A lot of guys, even when they all they have to do is hit a ground ball to the right side, it looks like they're just trying to mash the ball over the fence. And they, yeah, I, that at-bat by Santander with the bases loaded in the first inning was absolutely terrible. It was just terrible. awful. Absolutely terrible. I mean, it's nice that they hit the solo home run, but uh, that was that was giving. Uh, you know, we had a real chance. I'm not saying to break the game open, but to jump out and get a couple run lead there, and we got nothing out of that. Yeah, I I don't think this is a a very good offensive team. You know, I mean, it's got some it's got some exciting players. It it frankly it reminds me a great deal of of and I hate to say it. Of the 14, 15, 16 teams, you know, they, they, they just do not have, um, they just do not have, um, the, the on base percentage that's prerequisite to winning, you know. Yeah, that's true. I mean, Ramona Rios is yeah, the one I, guy who's. I seems... watched that team, I watched that team play the entire 2014 team and really believed in that team. Mm-hmm. And then it just became apparent to me. In watching them in the playoffs, that we were watching a team beat us that truly was a much better team in the Kansas City Royals at getting on base. And getting on base is the prerequisite to scoring runs. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree with you, and I think that's why the Orioles have targeted so, so many college bats. They have an entire minor league system flush with guys that don't strike out but get on base at a pretty high clip. That just hasn't translated to the big league level yet. Um I do want to talk to you a little bit about Robinson Chirinos. Um, the bat, I think that he's past a point in his in, in his career where he's an impact bat. But watching him behind the plate, and you and I talked about this a lot on this show last year, you have to be able to catch a pitching staff, work with a pitching staff, and you have to be able to block balls and prevent pass balls and wild pitches. And I thought that he did a tremendous job yesterday. And, and it was it was refreshing to see a catcher behind the plate for the Orioles that was able to prevent runs by being able to block a ball in the dirt. What were your thoughts on his defense and his defense moving forward? Um, there was one one really impressive uh, block of a ball, and even on TV, Jim Palmer, you know, they kind of mentioned Pedro Severino. Uh, he's he's night and day difference between what we've had the last two years, yeah. two three years in the catching department, and that's not even our best catcher, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Mike Elias. I mean, was, was... Torino's is a guy. I frankly wish they'd given him a two-year contract. Uh, he's he's a perfect guy to be here with Rutschman uh, and to start. You know, the first thirty or forty games this. You know, basically the first thirty out of forty games this year. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think that his age, because he's like thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old. That's probably why he wouldn't get a two-year deal. Right. But um, it, it was Mike Elias was on in the first inning yesterday, and he said that since he's been here, this is the best catching group that, he, that the Orioles have ever had. And you don't want to slight the guys that were here, like Chan Cisco and Austin Wins and Pedro Severino. But to hear your your general manager say that, it really gives credence to how much better. Even in Anthony Bedmoom and Jacob Nottingham are uh, compared to what they has been here in the past. Yep, I I couldn't agree more with you. And it was an essential thing that they had to do. And Frank, to be honest with you, 
uh, and I know that uh, we had the pandemic and all that, to go through three years of that garbage behind the plate mm-hmm. was just really, t- t- it's disgraceful. Yeah, it was. Boy, it, it, it bordered on uh, malfeasance by management to have Chance Cisco and Severino be your catchers. Yeah. They, they were absolutely awful. Yeah. And, and you know, our cover story, um, I'm sort of previewing it. It's out on April 20th this year, and our editor, Luke Jackson, has done a great, great job on it. It's about, it's about Adlai Rutschman, but it's not about all this BS about, is he the face of the franchise? And it's not about his offense, because he's going to be a good offensive player. He'll be better, much better than Matt Wieters was overall. But he's not a transcendent offensive player. But what the story really is about is this guy's passion for catching, born out of his father being a great catching teacher, and what that might do to our pitching staff finally. You know, tangibly uh, elevate the pitching staff back to being, uh, you know, a very positive pitching staff. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that when people sit there and they say, why would they put Bobby Witt above Adley Rutschman at, on MLB Pipeline? Well, because Bobby Witt is a shortstop who hits tears the cover off the ball. He's going to hit 300 with 30 home runs every year. What Adley Rutschman has is he has the the, uh, the bat that's going to play, but the glove and the arm behind the dish that's yeah. transcendent, that's going to make you a more competitive ball club. And I think you hit the nail on the head there with him. Um that he is so much more than just a hitter, uh, and I think yep. it's really people, yep. important for people to understand. Now, Stan, we're, we're kind of up against We have a lot of show to cram into a little bit of time. So I have one gotcha. final question for you. Today's matchup, yep. uh, Jordan Lyles versus Drew, Mas- Drew Rasmussen, that, the first pitch at 110 today. What are you looking from, for out of uh, Jordan Lyles, and what are you looking for from today's game? Well, I just, uh, you know, uh, again, there's not much you can do predicting how – we will fare against Drew Rasmussen. I, I like Rasmussen an awful lot. He's one of the players they gave up to. Uh, um, he's one of the players they got back in that trade uh, for Willie Adamas. Mm-hmm. They got back the uh, guy who almost closed it out yesterday, uh, J.C. Fireisen. How do you pronounce his last name? Fireisen? That is not one I know how to pronounce. Yeah, I, okay. I, I don't know either. It's, I do it's not one know. of the most unusual names anyway. Yeah. They got Fire Eisen and Rasmussen back for Adamas, and everybody thought, "Wow, the Milwaukee!" And it was a, that's a win-win trade because Adamas really lifted his game and gave Milwaukee a solid uh, shortstop. Uh, and Rasmussen's a really nice pitcher; I really like mm-hmm. him. But I wouldn't expect him to go more than five innings. So again, we'll probably have to face this battery of one-inning arms late in the game. So I hope that Jordan Lyles has got his A game on, and he probably won't go more than four or five, yeah. uh, and that we're able to have a game that's as uh, kind of thrilling as yesterday's game was. Yeah, all I'm looking for is some good baseball. Sure. And, and how the cards fall is how they fall. Stan, always I mean, play- it would be nice, real quick, it would be nice, though, if we could get a, a win under our belts against Tampa this year so the next time we play them we can go for two. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, one in, one in 18 last year. You've lost 13 yeah. straight in 19 and 20. It's certainly been difficult. All right, guys, with them. have a great show. All right, have a great weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you. Bye-bye.
And that was Stan the Fan Charles who uh, joining us for his weekly segment. He has two great shows for you every week. Every Monday night, Stan and former Orioles pitcher Ross Grimsley visit with a different guest from the world of baseball. And every Thursday night, Stan and Gary Stein chat with a different newsmaker from the world of sports. This week, Stan and Ross had an emotional conversation with former Orioles pitcher Jim Poole about his fight with ALS. And he also called up with Drew Forrester to discuss the Masters and Drew's new show on 105.7 The Fan, Fairways and Greens, which debuts tomorrow. Find those shows under the videos tab at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or at pressboxonline.com slash video. Stan and Ross are back on Monday night with a special post opening day 8 p.m. start where, be, where they will be joined by Orioles legend Ken Singleton. So what we're going to do here, we are going to grab a break. We're going to grab our first break. When we come back, Zach's going to sound off on, a, on something that I am firmly in agreement with him on, and that's, uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to steal the thunder. Let's just hit the break, and we will come back here on the Bataround. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy the award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays, $6.99 nachos on Thursdays, and Taco Tuesdays. And watch all of your favorite games at Glory Days Grill, with 25 screens and private speakers at every table, plus game day drink specials. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. Hey guys, it's Paul Valley, and there's a new era of Glenn Clark Radio as I've joined Glenn every weekday from 10 a.m. to noon. There will be some changes, but what won't change is the absolute best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. He's Coach Kevin Willard. Glenn, thanks for having me, and great talking to you. New Baltimore Ravens wide receiver, Rashad Bateman. Thank you, I appreciate it. He is outfielder Cedric Mullins. Thank you guys for having me. Trey Mancini. Thanks for having me on, guys. Mr. Marcus Williams, who's now with us. Man, I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Happy to talk with you guys. Ravens kicker Justin Tucker. Thanks for having me. Adley Rutschman. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. John Angelos. Thanks a lot. Good to be with you. Ryan Mountcastle. Thanks for having me on, guys. Marlon Humphrey. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Quarterback for the University of Maryland, Talia Tungavailoa. Thank you guys for having me. He is J.K. Dobbins. Thank you for having me. I had a great time. The great Ray Lewis. Always good to be on. He is Mr. Cal Ripken Jr. Good chatting with you. You can watch us live at facebook.com slash pressboxsports or listen at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. 
All right, welcome back to the Battle Round. Rolling right along here on another Saturday at Press Box in Baltimore. Just want to remind you, today's show is brought to you by your local toy. Loca, your local Toyota <laughs> dealer. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience and technology, advanced connectivity, or sport, sporty performance and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. De- dealer. De- dealer. Dealer. Is that how I said it? Yeah. <laughs> De- dealer. Uh, all right, DC United. United Nitro. Yeah, well, I tried. I tried Pepsi Nitro. By the way, oh, did you? I, what I, is that? So it's I've a, heard it's, of it. it's this new soda by Pepsi. Okay, called Pepsi Nitro, and I guess they use um nitro, uh, nitro, nitro <laughs> instead of uh, instead of however else. They, I, I'm not. I'm not a science guy, so I don't. Uh, whatever they do to carbonate it, they don't do that in this. <laughs> I'm not a science guy. Whatever they do to carbonate those drinks, I'm not over at I'm, Pepsi. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not Bill Nye the science guy over here. Um, but I tried it, and eh, you know, you know what? I don't want this. They're not a sponsor. I don't want to disparage. I just. I wasn't not a fan. I just I tried mm. both the regular and the vanilla. It just it's not for me. Okay. I thought it would All be, right. just not for me. Fair not enough. Not for me. So, you want to sound off on something? And I yeah. saw this yesterday, and when I saw this, I said, "What in the hell? Yeah, is Aaron Judge thinking? Yeah, what in the hell? And yeah. that was when it was reported that he was offered seven years, two hundred and thirteen million. Mm-hmm. Then we see they offered him two hundred and thirty two. Well, I guess because they were going to pay him. It was, I think it's incentives. No, uh, no, no. So, so. They were going to pay him a seventeen million dollars in arbitration this year. Oh right, right, right. And yeah, then correct, yeah. seven years at two hundred and thirteen million yeah. starting next year. And all of these contracts have massive incentives that make it go up even more than you know. The, 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 that's just like the you know not not guaranteed, but that's like the base value of the contract. And there's of course incentives that they can earn and everything. But right, so he's basically offered seven years, two hundred thirteen million. That would start in the twenty twenty three season, which means he would get paid for the twenty twenty two season. That seventeen million, like you said. So Aaron Judge, seven years. $213 million for a guy who's been often injured, for a guy who has, I wouldn't say significantly regressed, but he, he has thir- He had 39 home runs last he year. He did, but if you compare that to the year he had in 2017, his near-MVP campaign, the year he won Rookie of the Year, he was MVP behind Jose Altuve, um, and we don't know if Altuve really won that MVP legitimately because that was the, the sign-stealing year for the Houston Astros, but he had an amazing year in 2017. Then... He had some years where he barely played any games. He, you know, he would play 20, 50 games a season. He was injured, always injured on the t- uh, in the trainer's room and, and just having so many different issues. And Aaron Judge really hasn't played a full season until he did in 2021. And he had a good year. Aaron Judge had a really, really good year. This guy is a very, very, very good baseball player. But he's 29, he's often injured, and he's a guy that is probably... You know, gonna regress at some point defensively, and he's he's a, I mean, he's a guy who's gonna get into his thirties. He, he's and a slow monster. Down a he's bit. six foot seven, right. two hundred and eighty pounds. This is a guy who could end up at first base one day because he's gonna slow down. He's gonna you know just that's how that's how baseball players get into their thirties. They start and to when, slow and, down. And, a little and when bit. you're that size. Your right. body gives out on you a lot exactly. quicker. And I I would expect Aaron Judge is gonna have more injury issues. He just that's mm-hmm. what happens when you're that kind of size. So why are you turning down a contract that's offering you seven years and $213 million that would have made him the second highest paid outfielder behind Mike Trout in baseball? Now, I know that Aaron Judge is going to get an amazing amount of offers on the free agent market. There will be teams that will be in the market for him, and he'll get paid. I, he might even get paid more than $213 million. But you're, it's, it's guaranteed you right now. You can sign that contract, 
and basically be, I don't want to say a New York Yankee for life, but he may be. He could, oh, you know, he could a be. A seven-year contract at 29, 36. his size. 36. You're a Yankee for life. Right. And, and, and New York loves that guy. He is the mm-hmm. face of the franchise in New York. This is a guy that is the guy. Every, I mean, you go, you walk around New York City, you see Judge jersey. I saw a Judge jersey in one of my classes yesterday, and this is in Maryland. Like, people love Aaron Judge. You want to stick around and be on a competitive team. The, the New York Yankees, they make the playoffs every year. They're, they're a very competitive team that is going to be competitive throughout that lifespan of that seven-year contract. If you go out and sign, I don't know, with, with the Texas Rangers or something, it seems like a, a deal they'd give out. Um you're not going to be as nearly as competitive as you would be in New York. I just do not understand for the life of me why Aaron Judge doesn't want to stay in New York and be a part of this team for the rest of his life. The only thing that I can think of mm-hmm. is that he wanted it to start this year. The only why and, and, and that he wanted to maybe he was looking for eight years maybe. starting this year maybe at two hundred and forty five million maybe or two hundred two hundred and forty four million yeah. maybe that's what he was looking for. And he wanted to make double what he's making this year. This year, mm-hmm. uh, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because he, you've got to know about your injury history, the fact that you're 29 years old, right. And your size, you're not going to just stop getting hurt, man. Right. And that's the way it is. If they're going to pay you 30 million dollars a year through your age 36 season, you should take that. You deal. should sign up for that in <laughs> blood. That's what I'm saying. I, now there are some stupid teams out there like the Colorado Rockies. Who will who will come at him in free agency and sign him for nine years, two hundred and seventy five million dollars? Yeah, and if you, God bless you, more power to him, I guess. God bless you if you sign Aaron Judge for anything longer than five to seven years. Have fun with that experience. (laughs) God bless you. Now look, a lot of teams they sign up for the first half, first five years of a contract, and then if you if you deteriorate down the stretch of that contract, okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just at, at his. And you, it's weird to say because he's 29, he's significantly younger than me and not much older than you at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, at, but at 29, you're getting up there for baseball. And, and they, they've th- kind of right. discovered that your peak is really about 27 to 29. Right. And they're, they're going to pay you more money for what's going to be the, your decline? They're going to pay right. you $30 million a year for your decline. This is his age 30 season. He's turning 30 in April, on April 26th. I mean, okay. he's got very little time. This is his age 30 season. So this is... I just don't get it. I'm at a loss for words with this one. I, I they, saw this, and and Brian Cashman was visibly shocked by this. If mm-hmm. you saw the press conference yesterday, Brian Cashman said, you know, we're disappointed. We can't believe it. Like, they were shocked, too. The Yankees are like, why are you turning this down? We made you a very competitive offer. They, there's only two guys that make more than $30 million a year. Right. That make and more. one of them is Mike Trout. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, I mean. How in the hell do you look at a seven-year $213.5 million contract mm-hmm. that they're offering you despite the fact you've only played two full seasons in right. your entire career. When New York loves you. Yeah. They love you. How do you look at that and say, nah, I'm good? Right. I know. Who I, do you I, think you are? I can't believe it. I, I can't believe it. Like, like, you're not Juan Soto. You're not no. you're not Bryce Harper. You're not you're not Mike Trout. You're Aaron Judge. You're as good a vi- of a player he is, he's not those guys. Yeah, you're, you're very good, but you're not going to get more money than those guys. No. And Bryce, Bryce Harper actually took less money to have the the sustainability of where he's going to be, mm-hmm. to, to mm-hmm. have the, the comfort of knowing that he's going to be in the and same And you would place. think Judge would want that sustainability. You, you would want – the Yankees win every year. They win every year. They every win 90 year. games, and they're, going, and they're going to do that. Nothing's going to stop that. The Yankees are not going to stop winning 90-plus games a year. Nothing's going to stop us now. Even as the Yankees are a weaker team this year than they have been in years past, they're still going to win 90 games. 
I, I, I would put money on that. And, uh, you know, it, it, the sustainability is, is a big factor, I think, in, in signing contracts. And I just, I'm, I'm surprised at this one. I can't believe it. Yeah. Do you, do you have a Rusticist number? Uh, I'm going to check on that right now. I think I do. Um, while he does that, just want to remind you, our number, I do. our number one is in the books here on the bat around. It is brought to you today by by the Baltimore Police Department. Doing a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Again, they, they have the highest pay rates in the the state. I, when we had the commissioner on yesterday, they start you at $60,000 a year. So go join for good at bpdrecruit.org. That's bpdrecruit.org and join a proud new generation of Baltimore police. Joining us, uh, is Fink? We're going to have to call him back. Um, he said something that I just couldn't hear. This phone is very low, and I, I'm going to have to yeah. call him back. And then he hung up, so I'm not entirely sure what went on there. Uh, but I'm going to call him back. All right, get, give him a call back. Uh, we're looking to get Orestes Destrade on the show, but just a little bit more on, on Aaron Judge. Uh, I, I have to imagine that the only reason that he said no to this is because he wanted more money this year. He wanted more money up front this year. He doesn't want to play for $17 million. He, um, that's the only thing that makes sense to me. Because why, why in the blue hell would you not take that deal? You get paid over thirty million dollars a year at in your age thirty season. They're offering it doesn't even start till your age thirty one season. They're offering you this contract. It doesn't make any sense to me. But moving on, joining us now, our next guest is a broadcaster for the Rays at Fox, for the Tampa Bay Rays at Fox Sports Florida, and he has a new podcast with MLB Network Scott Braun on Sirius XM's MLB Network Channel eighty nine called Legends Lounge that will air every Wednesday. Orestes, it's Paul and Zach in Baltimore. Thank you for coming back on the show. You're becoming quite the regular with us. Thanks for taking a couple minutes today. Orestes, do we have you? All right. I think that we're having some um, some technical difficulties with our phone. It, it, this phone was created literally in 1973. Um, so Zach's going to give him another call back here in just a moment. We're kind of struggling here. I don't know what's what's going on, but um, looking to get Arrestus Destrade on the on the show here. Love talking to Arrestus. He's always energetic and enthusiastic here, and um, you know he's going to talk to us a little bit about some Rays baseball. Do you do you have do you have the number? I do have the number. Is I, it a 727 number? Yes. Okay. Yes. Call him Call him right now. I will. I, he, he is he's currently on the line here. I, I'm not entirely sure what's going on here. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure what's all going all right, on. All right. Patch him through. Patch him through. We, we already have. I mean, this, this is, this makes for great radio. Uh, a lot of this, a lot of this dead air. Arrestus, are you there? Arrestus, do we have you? All right, Zach. Just just try and try and give him a call back. Uh, he's gonna. He, 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 hang on. Switch seats. Switch seats with me. Just just switch seats. Okay. Let's do right, it. Right, let's switch seats.
you know, similar to they have been. Um, but so I, Zach. What? You we you were on mute that entire. time. I was on mute the entire time. You were on mute the entire time. I guys, thought you had unmuted me over there. I I, I thought you had unmuted me. I, over I there. didn't realize you had ever muted yourself, guys. Mm. This is um, this is a bad look. This is a bad. We're look. getting a, we're getting the call back now. If this is not this is not technically uh how this is uh supposed to go. But look, Aaron Judge on the situation again. I I I do want to talk about this a little bit more. Um, there could be some you know some issues with judge in the front office they're not you know big fans of each other and that that could definitely be an issue uh but you know i i still don't see turning down that contract and being a yankee for life is is something that um seems like something he would want to do and, and there's a lot of guys in the past that have signed these lifetime contracts and have, have made very good use of, of of that lifetime contract so um i i just it, it's a very questionable situation so now we have Arrestus Destrade on the line uh, with Fox Sports Florida. Arrestus, welcome to the show. How you doing, guys? Uh, welcome to uh, 2022 MLB season, and it's off and it's started, and we're all excited after a little bit of a hiccup there with the uh, the, uh, the the lockout, but yeah. uh, all things figured out. So let's move forward. Yeah, no, absolutely, and we're excited to have you join the show today, Orestes. Uh, you have a you have a new podcast um, called Legends Lounge with Scott Braun of MLB Network, um, and basically this podcast is you get to talk to legend to legends of the game every Wednesday. Is that correct? That is, man. Thank you for mentioning that, guys. Uh, I really appreciate it. Something that um, I've been involved with uh, MLAM uh, Major League uh, Alumni Marketing, which is an arm. Uh, of uh, MLBPAA, which is the, uh, of course, the the um, alumni association. This, in fact, this is their 40th year anniversary celebrating, and it's I gotta say, it's one of the I think the premier alumni association of any professional sports. And they do so many great things, including um, giving back to the community, doing a lot of nonprofit type of things, uh, and uh, with clinics and you name it. Now. One of the things they came up came up with, and, and thought of me, I've been a board member with them for over ten years, um, was that they wanted to do something to kind of talk about giving back, uh, an opportunity for the fan to be able to connect with the former greats, and, and not all always Hall of Famers, by the way, but um, I, I think uh, it's going to be enjoyable. Uh, our first four pack that we've got, you know, coming for the month of April, we just had Chipper Jones. And obviously, you can go back there and archive any of uh, uh, of these shows. So we have Tipper Jones come on. We've got uh, Sheffield coming on, a former teammate and very dear buddy of mine, Sweet Lou Pinella, and uh, another interesting one in Dante Bichette that I'm sure a lot of Oriole fans remember from from yesteryear. So um, it's it's really a, a neat thing to kind of have the former uh, player come out, not just talk X's and O's, but also talk what are they doing with their lives now. And what are they involved in? And uh, I think it's going to be, a, hopefully, a, a big hit. And you just had your, again, you, you mentioned uh, that you talked to Chipper Jones. Your fir- the first uh, installment was this past Wednesday at 6 o'clock. That was, uh, I mean, this past Wednesday the 6th at 1 o'clock. Will this be right. at, at 1 o'clock every Wednesday moving forward? Or is yes. it just on Wednesdays? Every Wednesday is going to be a brand new uh, former legend, uh, as we call them, and the Legends Lounge. So you can come on in and sit down and uh, and enjoy a, a, a fresh new story. Uh, this last one, and I'll add this, uh, I, I kind of came up with a little tweak at the end of each um, interview, and that is uh, 
the show is about you know about forty five minutes long to an hour, depending how it goes. And we have a lot of different interesting segments, uh, true, just like you guys do. Uh, but one of the segments I came up with is "No Way Jose," which is uh, the, the last question we ask is kind of like, "Hey, give us something zany or goofy that might have happened in your career um, that uh, you want to share with us." So. So far, so enjoyable. Uh, the first one <laughs> you've got to listen to, because what he said about a former All-Star, uh, and, and not just All-Star, but one of the greatest pitchers in the last you know, 20 years, by the name of uh, Greg Maddox, was a <laughs> great story. So you got to go on there and check some of these stories out, because they're going to be the beauty of baseball. And since we're, this is what we're talking about on your show, obviously, is that there's so many great stories that come about because there's together so many days of the of, of a season, 162 games and spring, spring training, and you're always together. You're always kind of creating new stories, uh, unlike any other sports, uh, you know, major sports. So it's a beautiful thing, and, and uh, I think you'll enjoy the first segment of uh, Legends Lounge. And where can where can listeners go to? Cause it, it aired live on Wednesday. Where where can they go to listen to past? episodes well you know actually uh, uh the mlbpa does have a simple cast it's called simple cast that you can go on to um uh but anywhere anywhere that you you, you go out and you listen to your podcast these days obviously uh the, the top one being spot you know spotify um but we have done a deal with uh a, a serious xm so serious xm channel 89 on the mlb network uh will be playing it every uh wednesday at one o'clock so uh, we're, you know, kind of kicking off at, at a high level with a lot of accessibility to, to this podcast. Awesome. I'm certainly looking forward to tuning in. I can't wait Thank to you, listen buddy. to the to the, uh, to the Chipper Jones. I love, love Chipper Jones. We in Baltimore have an affinity for really good third basemen. So, uh, <laughs> yes, you do. Baltimore's yeah. a big, uh, man, you guys are one of the top, you know, baseball towns and, and to be respected as far as the history of baseball uh, from, you know, hundred plus years ago, you know, the towns like yourself, St. Louis, New York, uh, you know, Boston, these, these are the towns that, you know, we have to kind of respect as hallowed grounds when it comes to, uh, to major league baseball. Well, and I'm glad you mentioned that because the pundits around baseball like to use the Orioles as their punching bag. Um, they have the, right. the, they have the lowest payroll in baseball. And all we hear about is how bad they are. And people just, it's, it's dunk on the Orioles season. They're going to win 47 games. I saw somebody say they're going to win 20 games. Um, what's wow. your take on how the Orioles are running this team? And where do you, where, where do you think their future lies? Well, you know, it's a difficult thing. And obviously, yeah, you know, this is uh, not the, the glory years for the Orioles right now. Many remember, and I'll, and I'll just kind of, quantify my Oriole, you know, b- background like this. I was a Cuban born and uh, came over from communist Cuba, thankfully at around six years old and grew up in Miami. So that right now would tell you that, you know, that I follow the Orioles because where do they have spring training at bottom of stadium for many, many, many years, yeah. a few decades. So, so I understand and know the Oriole history all the way back to, you know, to Mark Belanger and Al Bumbry and, and, and obviously the great, you know, uh, Brooks Robinson, talk about the MLBPAA. He was our president for, for many, many years. He just retired. Um, so now you're going through a transition. And uh, I still see an immense of talent on this team. And they're just going through that change phase. 
And I, I believe that it's a little harsh to be saying that they're going to win, you know, 20-something games, 30-something games, because they're going to surprise some people. Right off the bat yesterday, Mr. Means comes out and throws four solid. Because of the nature of, you know, of him being able to only go, what, 80, 84 pitches, uh, he stays in there a little longer. We have a different game, you know. Yeah. So as John Means kind of develops and some of the other young pitchers, and obviously, you know, I know that it drops – considerably from a means, you know, to some other, you know, pitchers uh, in, in essence of, of uh, quality. Nevertheless, they're there. I like your offense. I think you're going to have some guys going to be aggressive swingers. And I think you're going to win a lot more than what they're saying they're, they're, they're predicting. But, yeah, this is a transitional period. And without knowing a whole heck of a lot more internally of the organization – um, I, I think you never count an organization in a city in an area of baseball such as Baltimore out completely, and uh, that might be a little bit too to, uh, backward thinking there. Yeah, and we, we certainly are a baseball town, and we are really looking forward to the next competitive wave of baseball to come through here, hopefully sooner rather than later. Yesterday, for sure, was a competitive game. Uh, looks like the Rays can still pitch, huh? Man, I tell you, that's crazy. But uh, if people ask me, you know, describe the Rays organization or, you know, a few reasons why they've been good for, you know, now over a decade. And, and right off the bat, I'd say, well, uh, it's the pitching, stupid. I mean, you know, you can't, you can't go anywhere else because the arms are ridiculous. And this being during a period of time, when you think about it, that they've un- unloaded you know, guys like James Shields, David Price, you know, Blake Snell, and, and a slew of others. And, you know, they've departed, and now what do you have? You know, McClanahan yesterday showing, showing his wares with seven strikeouts. Shane Boz, you know, he's nicked up a little bit now, but he'll be around the corner if you see that kid and what an incredible arm he has. Mm-hmm. You know, Luis Patino, they're the ones that are entering. What they have done, and obviously, you know, the Baltimore Orioles would like to, you know, kind of spark that and find that is be an incredible group uh, with reference to trusting their system. And what's their system? You know, they've really created a great system of baseball ops, baseball operations in scouting, developing, and really kind of maintaining this, this slew of mostly young pitchers that they've been able to trade for. Also think about their trading prowess the last five or six years. They weren't always, the scouting and developing, I, I, I'd say they've been strong for over a decade. The trading now uh, has been something that they've been really good at in the last maybe five or six years. They, they weren't before that, that I'd seen. Yeah, you mentioned trading. They just traded Austin Meadows. Um, yes. They, they, they lose Nelson Cruz from Ouch. their offense. They trade Austin Meadows to the Tigers for outfielder Isaac Paredes in a competitive balance round B pick. What are your thoughts on that trade? You, I just heard you yes. say, ouch. And then what kind of a player are they getting in Paredes? Who didn't say ouch on that one? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm sure Eric Neander, the president, um, uh, you know, kind of overseer of the uh, baseball operations, uh, said a little bit of ouch even when he pushed the button on that one. Um, and I'm sure that Kevin Cash said a little bit of ouch yeah. because and 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 if you heard the sound bites definitely from Cash on not one or two occasions in one interview, he said we're going to have to cover. You know, and cover very dramatically some major numbers, and that are 33 homers, 106 RBIs, 
a guy in Austin Meadows that is a possibly an outside, you know, type chance looking guy to be an, an MVP type season guy. Mm-hmm. So, cause I, I definitely know, uh, watching Austin and being a former hitter that he's only on the uptick. He's not, you know, leveling off whatsoever. So Detroit got something special. Now I will say the organization has been, you have to trust the system. I go back to that because, uh, how many times have they done certain things like this? Whether you want to scrutinize it and say it was fiscal or not, uh, that's, you know, that's up to you and, and how you look at it. But I do know this. They do have the, the, the history and the prowess of saying, we've done certain deals. Look how we've turned out. Uh, one of the ways that you can look at this is that, you, you know, you look at it at face value and go, well, the guy that got didn't even really, he's not even going to be in the major leagues. He's in AAA. Yeah, but... Josh Lowe is in the major leagues now. So that was their major league player who I really, really, you know, love a lot as a, as a dynamic player. And, uh, though, you know, as as a hitter face to face, Austin Meadows, you know, trumps up dramatically. Watch out for Josh Lowe as an all around player. You are making my job easy, man, because literally you've tra- helped me transition from one point to the next in order that I have it in my notes. Josh Lowe, he's my next oh, talking point. He's an intriguing rookie for, for Tampa Bay. Uh, got on base yesterday with two walks. Had a nice season last year at Durham. It seems like the Rays have something in this kid. My only question is, if he has that speed, he stole 26 bases last year. If he has that speed and that, that center field prowess, why was he DHing yesterday? Yeah, you know, it's, it's an interesting thing. I, I think, uh, um, you know, and they're kooky. I mean, you got, again, you, I got to go to the phrase that I say was one of the reasons why the Rays have been successful is trust the system. Uh, they also had uh, the kid Ramirez at first base. He's played first base, like, I think once in his life, you know. But at a major league, you know, uh, opener, you know, uh, Hal Ramirez is playing first base, uh, you know, low is, the aging, um, they're going to do that. They're going to do that. And remember, he just kind of just, just less than a week ago got called up and all the hoopla of that. He was literally landing in Nashville to go play the opener uh, versus the Nashville's, you know, the AAA team for Durham. Um, so I understand it. But this kid, you know, and a lot of people also say, well, why did they just trade, you know, Kevin Kiermaier? If they wanted to free up an outfield spot, and it's actually a heftier contract at $11 million this year compared to the $4 million Meadows tag for arbitration that he that he you know that he got, it was just it's an easier trade to trade Austin Meadows than 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 uh, probably arguably the best center fielder in the game right now in Kiermaier, yeah. but that's a tougher trade right now. Wouldn't you agree? So. Uh, you, got, you really have to trust the system with the Rays and what they're trying to do. Arrestus, I've heard of two guys in the low minors for the Rays that are extremely impressive and that one day uh, could be Wander Franco-ish. They're, they're almost on that level, and, and two guys have an extreme amount of potential. I'm curious if you know anything about them, and I don't want to put you on the spot here, but two guys, Carlos Comanares and Willie Vasquez. Right. Do you know those two guys? Willie Vasquez, I do. Uh, not so much Comanares. Okay. Um, and, and I thought you were going to maybe go – then when you said at the level of, of Franco, which is a high praise. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, obviously, he got three knocks, you know, no RBIs. Sure. I don't think he scored any runs, but he went three for four. 
Uh, the kid's just a magic hitter. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought maybe you were going to go with Vidal Buhan, but 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 that's not. You know, he's a whole different player. Yeah, than, I'm, I'm looking at than, you guys a little lower. Yeah, you're going you're going farther down. Yeah, and uh, uh, no, don't know a heck of a lot about those youngsters, but um, again, they're here's where I think the paradigm shift has really kind of went to another level with the Rays, and that is. What is the first thing that we were talking about with reference to the race? Arms, 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 right? They really, along with their trading becoming a, a much more a prowess with how they trade. The joke now is that if the Rays call a GM for an interest of a player in, in the minor leagues or even the major leagues to the that other GM, that other GM hangs up the phone and says, "We're not trading that guy. They're interested in because there's something <laughs> there's something to that guy. They got to figure it out." Uh, their, their schematics, their, their uh, obviously sabermetrics has something that we're missing on this particular guy. Um, they are very, become very good with hitters. When you think back on their drafting and their scouting, their trading, with reference to hitters, you have to go back to Evan Longoria, to the last you know hitter. Think about the, the, the trend. When you're talking about the Baltimore Orioles trying to go through a shift right now, okay? Uh, there was a shift there. Tell me who was a great hitter that came up from the Rays since Evan Longoria that you say, oh, that guy was a, just, a, just a, a Star Wars for, uh, you know, offensive player. You, and, you know, if you think about it. And there really isn't, there hasn't been that until you get to about four or five years ago and you start seeing some of the fruit of their labor with, with, Nate, Lowe, with Nate Lowe, Brandon Lau. Uh, Josh Lowe now, um, obviously, obviously, you know, the kid Franco who was just in, a, in an Uber elite. So this has been a, a, a later shift and it hasn't been all along like the arms race that they've had, which has been, you know, phenomenal with, with their picking, choosing, developing, trading for pitchers. One of the guys that you left off that talent list was Randy Arosarena. And this is a guy, he's the yes. reigning AL rookie of the year. Uh, former ALCS MVP. Franco's locked up for the next 11 years, but Rosarena hasn't been locked up yet. Have there been extension talks? Are the Rays looking into that? What's going on with him? You know, as far as the extension talks, uh, not my, you know, arena fellas, but, uh, and I keep my ear down, you know, on the ground, but I'll leave that for, for some other piece. But I will say that they should, yeah. they should uh, tie him up. There's no doubt about it. This guy is, is special, uh, and he's another one that, again, you know, they saw the schematics, they saw the the, the, the makeup of this guy, and they were able to get him from St. Louis in a, in a pretty nice deal. And uh, and and I think that you're going to see. I think they could tie him up. Now, when you look at Josh Lowe, who's you know, you can control him really good for the next you know three years, and you've got the departure of an Austin Meadows. Uh, $4 million, which would have turned easily to, I think, to $8 million in year two if he has another one of those 3,100 type years, right, mm-hmm. in arbitration. So you take those off the books. You take a, a – there's no doubt that somewhere down the line, this is probably, you know, uh, as much as I love on and off the field Kevin Kiermaier, but his $11 million, I think he has – maybe there's one more year. or This might even be the last year. So then you could you could say, okay – and that one you might have to look up, but I think either this is the last year or maybe one more year. Somehow that's going to be off the books. There you go. There's where you're freeing up money to tie up a guy 
And remember, the Wanda Franco deal, you really have to commend the rate. I'll ask you guys, how much do you think the first four years of Wanda Franco's deal is? Uh, the, the first four years? Four years. Um, I, I couldn't even fathom a guess. $18 million. Wow. So this is like a really back-loaded contract. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. he's going to get paid. I would have signed the two. I would. It starts at one. This year gets one million. Next year gets two million. Then it jumps wow. a little bit, and, and it jumps a little bit. Yeah. Then you get into, you know. But it's it's very reminiscent in, in nature to a little bit different, but close to um, the you know the the Giancarlo Stanton deal of yesteryear that Loria signed. You know, back in the day, it was the three. It was the biggest deal in the history of, of sports I think 325 somewhere around there mm-hmm. for Stanton but it started at like 6 went to 7 8 you know stayed hovering there then jumped to 25 27 28 and by then he was you know with the New York Yankees uh, so Wander Franco sitting real nice and I think uh, it, they're seeing they're wanting to see if a Rosarena is the real, real, real deal. I think he is. Yeah. And then you'll see him get tied up. Yeah, and, and you make a great point. I mean, Kevin Kiermeyer, his contract is up at the end of the year. There's an option for 2023, but the, I could totally see the Rays moving on from him. If Wander, yes. if Wander Franco's contract is so backloaded, it frees up money right now to go out and extend a Randy Rosarena. I think that's well, an excellent point. I'll give you an example. They went out just this week and they signed um, a very crafty signage. You know, of Manny um, uh, Margot for two years extension. He's at six five this year through the arbitration, and uh, they, I think they signed him for seven and then ten uh, million. So seven million, ten million, and then a twelve million dollar um, um, uh, um, buyout type situation there with with a buyout extend you know option. Excuse me. And um, how nice is that? So, you know, that's some serious money. Yeah. So they're just very judicious, and they're keeping their very smart, you know, fourth out, third, fourth outfielder, and Manny Margot plays all three and plays you probably about 130 to 140 games a year. Um, they're paying him very nicely. Yeah, it, it, it seems like it. it. seems like they're playing it smart, and if they're able to lock up both Franco and Arena, I think I can see this team being competitive for another decade plus. Arrestes, Watch out for Luis Patino, by the way. Yeah, man, I saw, I saw that trade, and I was like, they got another yeah. good young arm there. All right, man. Well, great talking to you. It's always great talking to any time. You know my history with Baltimore and the Orioles and Miami, so uh, I'm available for you guys at any time, and, and hopefully uh, the O's – they call me Big O. They surprised this year and, and at least caused some havoc in the ALE. Yeah, I'll tell you, man, you were one of my favorite people in baseball to talk to. So we're so glad to have you on. We'll talk to you again down the road this season. All right. You have a great weekend. You got it, man. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. And that was Orestes Destrada joining us for another segment here. Great guy to talk some baseball with, especially some Rays baseball. Uh, really looking forward to talking to him again somewhere down the line. We got to catch a break. We are running super long here after that technical difficulty debacle that we went through. Just want to remind you that today's show is brought to you by Press Boxes, Glenn Clark Radio. It's a definitive place to find the best daily discussion of Baltimore sports. Watch the show every weekday from 10 to noon at youtube.com slash pressboxonline or facebook.com slash pressboxsports 
or listen to PressBoxOnline.com slash radio with podcasts available on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. You never know who might pop up on GCR. This week we caught up with former Maryland coach Danny Manning, Terps legend Gravis Vasquez, who had a lot to say about wanting to be a part of this program moving forward, potential Ravens early round pick Boye Mafe, and former Orioles pitcher Rick Sutcliffe. Find those interviews and more in the Glenn Clark Radio Week in review feature right now at PressBoxOnline.com. We got to get our fi- our uh, second break here going, but when we come back, we're going to take a look at the payoff pitch around the league. That and that and more on the bat around. Come in for Glory Burgers, Glory Wings. There's glory for everyone at Glory Days Grill. Enjoy the award-winning burgers, ribs, and wings, or try our fresh salads, hand-cut salmon, or our scrumptious sandwiches. Yum! Come in for daily specials every weekday, like $7.99 burgers on Mondays, $6.99 nachos on Thursdays, and Taco Tuesdays. And watch all of your favorite games at Glory Days Grill, with 25 screens and private speakers at every table, plus game day drink specials. Visit us at glorydaysgrill.com for a location near you. Glory Days Grill. Great food. Good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 1140 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com radio. Watch at YouTube.com PressBoxOnline. The newest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport. And why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point. Boulevard. 
answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. All right. Welcome back into the batter. I just want to apologize to our viewers and our listeners um, for the dead air that we had there while we were trying. We were having technical difficulties. And honestly, being a pro, I should have I should have gone to a break and worked it out. And just a, a, apologies for the dead air. The interview with Arrestus was really great. I hope he stuck around for that because he's always awesome. I can't wait to have him back on the show. Just a, a really very good at what he does. R- really personable guy. But if you if you stuck with us <laughs> through the debacle there for a, for a few minutes, God bless you. Thank you so much for sticking around. And you are we are back here on the better on. It is time for the first edition, the first regular season edition since last year of the payoff pitch around the league. It was a pitcher's duel from start to finish, but the Rays and their two sack flies were enough to overcome the Orioles, who went 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position as the Rays topped the O's 2 to 1. Rizzo, LeMahieu, and Stanton all homer, but it was newcomer Josh Donaldson who played the hero with a walk-off single in the 11th inning of his first game as a Yankee, as the Bronx Bombers took down the Red Sox 6 to 5. Andrew Vaughn, the number three overall pick in the 2019 draft, hit a homer in the top of the ninth to give the White Sox an all-world closer Liam Hendricks a one-run lead, but Eric Haas tied the game in the bottom half with a homer of his own, and Javi Baez enamored himself in the south side with a walk-off single off the wall and right that was originally ruled a catch before it was overturned on review when they saw that the ball hit the wall first as the Tigers toppled the White Sox 5-4. to four. Kyle Schwarber hit a leadoff homer in his team debut as the Phillies racked up nine runs on 11 hits and taking down the no-name Athletics 9-5. A five-run fourth inning was all the Dodgers needed as Walker Buehler went five solid innings and the bullpen struck out seven in four innings of one-run ball to spoil Chris Bryant's Rockies debut as the Dodgers took care of business against Colorado 5-3. Mitch Hanniger picked up where he left off last year, blasting a two-run shot in the first inning, and Robbie Ray, the defending AL Cy Young Award winner, threw seven innings of three-hit ball in his Mariners debut to lead Seattle over the Twins 2-1. Joey Bart blasted a homer in the, as the new franchise catcher, and Logan Webb spun six innings of one-run ball to help the Giants t- stop the Marlins 6-5. Benches cleared after Francisco Lindor took a fastball to the face, but Max Scherzer cares not about these things as he struck out six and six innings in his return to D.C., leading the Mets over the Nationals for the second straight night, this time 7-3. to three. Trailing 7-0, entering the bottom half of the fourth, the Blue Jays scored 10 runs in the fourth through eighth innings, led by Teoscar Hernandez, who homered and drove in three to put the Jays over the Rangers 10-8. Atlanta bounced back after their opening day loss behind five and one, five and a third excellent innings from Charlie Morton to beat the Reds seven to six. Newcomer Matt Olson tallied three hits in the victory. Sean Manaya pitched seven no-hit innings in his team debut a night after you Darvish threw six no-hit innings, but this time the bullpen didn't blow it as the Padres shut down Arizona three to nothing. And finally, Kyle Tucker homered twice to put himself on pace for 81 home runs this year, mm. and the Astros scored eight runs in the seventh inning to wallop the Angels. 13 
to 6. Zach, what's on tap across Major League Baseball today? All right, 1 p.m., your Baltimore Orioles take on the Tampa Bay Rays as Jordan Lyles takes the hill for his first Orioles start. The hard-throwing Dylan Cease takes on former number one overall pick Casey Mize as the White Sox battle the Tigers. At 2 p.m., the Mariners are back at target field after their win yesterday for another one against the Twins. Former top prospect Mitch Keller takes on Miles Michaelis in a Pittsburgh versus St. Louis battle. Ace Brandon Woodruff looks to help Milwaukee to their first win against Chicago's Cubs at Wrigley Field. At 3 p.m., Kevin Gaussman makes his first Blue Jays start against Dane Dunning and his Rangers. At 4 p.m., the Athletics, they look to bounce back against the Phillies. Truly a terrible team this year, but we'll see if they can grab their first win. The pitching-rich Marlins take on last year's best team in the Giants. Luis Severino returns to the mound for the Yankees to try to shut down Nick Pavetta and the Red Sox. Two young teams in the Guardians and the Royals square off as Cleveland looks for their first win of the season. At 7 p.m., Chris Bassett makes his de- Mets debut as they're in the DMV for their third game against the Nats. The Reds will take on the 2021 World Series champion Atlanta Braves. At 8 p.m., the Dodgers visit Coors Field and look for their second win of the season against the Rockies. Joe Musgrove and his Padres battle the Diamondbacks and their very young squad. And then at 9 p.m., Noah Syndergaard makes his debut for the Angels against the legendary Justin Verlander and the Houston Astros for the final game of the night. Some good pitching matchups on tap today, specifically that last one. Syndergaard and Verlander is a really good matchup. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm that's probably the game I'm going to have on my TV tonight. Mm-hmm. My, my dad's coming in uh, this weekend. He'll be here this afternoon. So that, that might be a game he and I have to put on sure. uh, this evening. Really looking forward to that, to be perfectly honest with you. You know, I, I, um, I'm having a hard time focusing right now because Zach just gave me news that Dwayne Haskins, yeah. former Ohio State quarterback, was first-round draft pick of the Washington, uh, the Washington football team now. or I'm sorry, the Washington Commanders now. Um, and then he was in Pittsburgh as a backup he died this morning. Yeah. Was, was was hit by a car in um, South Florida. In, in South Florida, he died in the hospital, and he, he would have turned twenty five on May third. And yeah. it's really hard to focus when something like this happens. And, and you know, we're a baseball show, mm-hmm. but a young life was lost today, and young lives are lost every day. And we don't we, we don't want to hold somebody above another. But this was a guy who had all this untapped potential, and. You know, he was going to maybe have an opportunity yeah. this year with the Steelers, and his life just cut far, far too short. Um, it's, it's, it's heartbreaking. Wild it, news. It, it's yeah. heartbreaking. And people talking about his on-field performance, um, it's, yeah. that has nothing to, pretty, do, with, that pretty, has nothing to do with anything. There's, that's very distasteful is the word I would use. Yeah, it, it's, it, it is. I mean, this, this is a young man who had his future ahead of him, and yeah. whether it was in football or – Anything else? Sure. Twenty-five years old. He's. It, it's like. Yeah. You see stuff like this, and it's like when when Jose Fernandez died. Yeah. Um. It's like when we just heard oh. we, just when we heard Taylor Hawkins, the drummer for the mm-hmm. Foo Fighters, died. It's it's it stops you in your tracks. Yeah. You know, and, and I feel like. I, I I don't know. It, it it kind of like makes you put everything that you do under a microscope and and, and say you know. Are the things that I'm valuing, are the things that I'm worried about, are the things that I'm doing in my life really worth the stress that I'm that they're causing me? Uh, when you look at somebody who is, for all intents and purposes, we, we don't know how this happened, but he's probably just walking down the street. Yeah, you have no, a, a, yep. and his life is just over like that, and it's it's just it's just a, uh, it's a devastating thing. It, it's an absolutely devastating thing. And, and with that, I think we should take our third break here so that I can regroup a little bit because this one for some reason hit me super hard let's grab our third break when we come back we're going to talk to Steve Molesky of Masson Sports about the minor leagues his new gig with WBL and then we're going to hit Orioles banter after that that and more next on the bat around 
Sports fans, the wait is over. The all-new FanDuel Sportsbook is now open at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. This is your chance to win big right in your own backyard. Bet on every sport with self-service kiosks and watch all of the action from the best seat in the house. Make every moment more at the all-new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Answering Baltimore's calls for help, running in when others run away, working together toward one shared vision for a thriving city. That's your Baltimore police. But the department needs more good people, people like you. Join a proud new generation of Baltimore police and make an active difference in your community. Start with competitive wages and excellent benefits on day one. Join for good at bpdrecruit.org. The newest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, we celebrate the 20th anniversary of Maryland men's basketball's 2002 NCAA Tournament Championship. As Gary Williams reflects on how the program rose from the ashes of NCAA sanctions to the pinnacle of the sport, and why his perspective of the title run has changed now two decades later. Plus, Juan Dixon, Lonnie Baxter, and the rest of the team relive the moments that ultimately led them to cutting down the nets in Atlanta. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. The biggest pro wrestling stars today and all time all have one thing in common. You've heard them on Jobbing Out. Matt and Nick Jackson, the Young Bucks. Thanks for having us, man. Appreciate it. The great Kurt Angle. Thanks for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Matt Riddle. Yeah, man. Thanks, man. The champ, Drew McIntyre. Thank you for having me. The great Ron Simmons. Keith Lee. Appreciate you guys having me, man. Bill Goldberg. My pleasure. Charlotte. Thank you so much for having me. Mick Foley is with us. This is the greatest name for a wrestling show I've ever heard. MJF. I'm glad you're happy I'm on this show because I'm freaking miserable. Le Champion. Chris Jericho. Le Champion. AJ, Aaron, Brandon, and Glenn are talking pro wrestling every week on Jobbing Out. Find it at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio, iTunes, and SoundCloud. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. All right, welcome back to the bat around here on a lovely Saturday in Baltimore. Uh, we have joining us on the line now, and he's doing it on short notice, so we really appreciate it. From Masson Sports and now WBAL, Steve Molesky joins the show. Steve, thanks for taking a few minutes for us here on a Saturday to talk some Orioles baseball. How are you today? Hey, doing good. Um, first and foremost, I want to say congrats to you on your new gig over at WBAL. Um, what can you tell us about, about what you're going to be doing for them? Well, you know, uh, it will be a, a radio post-game call-in show, similar to what we did at the previous flagship station. Um, 
where, you know, about 20 or 30 minutes after the game ends and the game broadcast post-game wraps up, we will take air and talk about the game, talk about the future. We do a lot on the minor leagues. Uh, we play some audio from the team and the newsmakers and try to keep it interesting and fun and topical and, and hear from Birdland. Man, that's a big part of the show. I want to hear from the fans. As you guys know, I'm very fan-friendly, man. I, I talk to fans morning, noon, and night on Twitter, my blog, the radio, the mall, the restaurant, wherever I'm at, man. I, I love to do it. I'm a, I'm a local guy. It's my it's my team, too, so to speak. And so um, we won't be on every game, but we'll be on after many of them, most of them, and should be fun. Yeah, you know, Steve, I, I don't know if you know this or not. I was actually um... – working at 105.7 during the baseball season last year, and I was uh, helping produce for a number of your shows that came on. And, man, you have some callers that call that, that call into the sh- that call into the show. That I, I don't know how you keep your patience, man. Patience is a virtue, I guess. How are you able to not just write these people off? You have a ton of patience when they're on the line. Uh, I'll give you a couple perspectives that uh, have really been helpful to me. And I know you would not have thought I would answer this question this way, but years ago, many years ago, when I was working in Richmond, Virginia, uh, covering University of Virginia athletics, Jeff Jones was in his final year as basketball coach. They were having a tough year, and he was getting ripped on his own show. Callers would call him on the radio and rip him to to his face, so to speak. Mm. And he would always be so patient and supportive of them. And I asked him one day, how do you do that? Why don't you tell the guy just to go screw off or something? And he said, Steve, I remember they love our team like I do, and they care about our program like I do. And that's what I remember. And then the other thing, as you guys know, being in the radio business uh, sort of here, is that uh, they tell you 1% of the listeners call in. So what you hear in the callers never reflects the totality of Birdland. So there might be five calls in a row that are just negative. And let's face it, the Orioles, with all these losses, there are plenty of things to be negative about. But there are things to be positive about, like a top farm and things they built and some changes and upgrades Elias has made. And so I, there are a lot of fans that, that uh, want to talk about that, too. So I never, I never think that, that Joe from Timonium on line one, his opinion reflects everybody's opinion. It reflects his opinion, and I'm happy to address it when and if he calls, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely, and it, it's it's remarkable. It, it's it's hard to separate because you're sitting there and you hear people express these opinions, and you're like, that's not how it is, though. And you ha- like you said, you have to have that patience because they're just calling because they love the team, and you, you rather than right. be invested than not be. Now you mentioned the farm system is something to be excited about, and let's start at Norfolk. Uh, they're off to a to a to a decent start, two and two after a sub 500 year last year. Last night they beat the Charlotte Knights 12 to one Yusniel Diaz Steve he had a big spring for the Orioles he gets sent back down to triple a and he's really hit the ground running down there this year another double last night he's getting on base he's batting 400 and driving the ball with authority is is this surprising to you and do you think he has a shot to get an early call up here to Baltimore he, he might I mean I think ideally the team would like to see him do this for an extended stretch right now what does that mean does that mean three weeks three months something in between because, let's face it, Yusniel Diaz has flashed before. I've seen the kid in play in spring training when he looked like Mike Trout mini. And so 
you go, wow. But then he hits 180 when the season starts and he misses half of it. Right. So he's been a disappointment. And I think, I hope, uh, that he, as much as you and I realize that, and he realizes I, I have more to show here and it's time to do it. And if that's happening, that's great for him and the organization because he can still salvage this. Uh, and he might be doing it as we speak. And who knows? I mean, I think, like I said, ideally they probably want to wait on him. But if in four days one of their key outfielders turns an ankle and has to miss two weeks, he could be the guy they turn to. Yeah, I, I, he, he's certainly putting himself back on the Orioles' radar after really fall. I think he – did he fall out of the top 30 last year? He was at one point the number four rated prospect, and he had quite a fall um, after the injuries, the lost season in 2020, and then the ineffectiveness. Uh, did, did, am I remembering correctly that he fell out of the top 30 at one point? He might be out of some. I think he's still in most towards the back end. He was the Orioles' number one prospect after the trade. Yeah. So, you know what? Those numbers are fun, and I love them as much as anybody, as you know that, and covered so much. But the bottom line is going to be, doesn't matter what the number is next to his name. It matters the stats next to his name and, yeah. and how he goes about getting them. And so uh, it sounded like Yusniel Diaz had a great outlook at camp when he talked to the reporters, and he's had, had a great start. So, Man, um, if you're if you if if Yusniel Diaz has close family and friends, hopefully they're telling him, "Kid, keep doing it, man. Don't don't let your gas don't let your foot off the gas pedal." Yeah, it certainly beats the alternative, and we've seen the alternative from him the last couple of seasons. Now going down to Bowie, man, Steve, that Bowie infield is absolutely loaded. Jordan Westberg, Gunnar Henderson, Joey Ortiz all in the lineup last night. All but Ortiz had a hit, although they the three of the of them did strike out a bit. Bowie in the, on the losing end of a seven to five ball game against the uh, Rich, Richmond Flying Squirrels. How impressive could this Bowie team be? It seems like they're always the best team in the uh, of the affiliates. Uh, what are you looking for from them, and how good can they be this year? They can be really good uh, if they get pitching. Aberdeen could turn to be, out to be that team, and we can talk about mm-hmm. them too. Uh, as they put up eleven runs last night, but Bowie's in, obviously it's a star-studded infield. And don't forget guys like Zach Watson in the outfield. They still got guys out there that can play too. So that's that's going to be a good team. Kyle Moore's a hell of a manager, I think. Um, and so uh, I, li- I like the plan where essentially in a six-game series, the big three shortstops will each get there twice, Ortiz, Gunner, and Westberg. They'll move them around, third, second, DH, whatever, to get their reps and bats. And then the Orioles will sort it out, you know, at some point down the road, who should be the shortstop, who should be at third. Is, are they guys who, you know, maybe, I mean, look at the Rays. They have guys who play different positions. Yeah. Um, and so if it turns out that Gunnar Henderson comes up and one day he's at third, one day, I mean, it's probably not going to work out that way. But it's good to have versatility, and it's good to have a lot of options. And they're going back to the future here because Earl Weaver once said, draft all shortstops and you'll sort it out later. Yeah, they're the best. They're generally the best athletes and players on the field. Jordan Westberg, um, chief among them right now, got a lot of playing time this spring with the regulars. He was in some primetime games that were televised. Had two hits in that in that uh, final game that aired on Masson. Is this a guy who you think could make an impact in in Baltimore before this season is done? I I personally think, and I'm not a scout, but I think he's the most ready of the guys we're talking about right now Mm -hmm. I think they're all going to get there but I think Jordan might be first and I think he's close now having said that the guys played like 10 games at double a and so it took Manny Machado you know 
70 or 80 at Bowie before they called in, so we can't get too greedy here with this kid. But he could move fast. He could be a triple-A later. And he just looks like he belongs. And you yeah. can tell in those spring games, again, it was a small sample. But he it was very comfortable. I talked to him at Bowie the other night about that, how relaxed he was out there. He fit in. He's got a polished game, man. He just does. Offensively and defensively, he wears out right center field. I think as he as he learns more about pro pitching, he'll start to turn on some of those pitches too. And and in addition to wearing out right and right center, sort of like Mancini can do, he'll be smoking some balls into the left field corner as well. And he's a solid defender. He's a great leader. I mean, I just think he checks a lot of boxes. Yeah, I always when they drafted him, I, I looked at his game, and he just had that makeup of a guy that plays in the big leagues and plays in the big leagues for a long time. I'm certainly excited to see him get here. You mentioned he could move quickly. Some guys at Aberdeen who might move quickly, and you mentioned 11 runs on 19 hits last night. They had five guys in their lineup with at least three hits, including uh, Colton Kalzer, Dante Williams, T.T. Uh, T. Bowens. Lineup is stacked. Oh, and the guy who didn't have three hits, Kobe Mayo, just hit a moonshot home run in his first at bat. Uh, how good is Aberdeen? How quickly do you think some of these guys move? Do you think it's a short stay for guys like Colton Kalzer and Kobe Mayo down there at uh, High A Aberdeen? I, I Maybe not. The younger players, I, I think generally on the farm, and we all want to move them fast. We just can't yeah. wait, right? We're impatient. Absolutely. My, my thought is, uh, is they move slower early, faster later. You know, older college draft pick like Jordan Westberg can eventually probably get moving a little faster than a high school draft pick like Gunnar Henderson. But having said that, they're both a double A. One just happens to be twenty because it was a high school pick. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I don't, I'm not in a rush with the Aberdeen guys because remember they played all. They only played a month at Delmarva. That's true. So this is happening relatively fast for them. Here they are at high A already, and here they are producing 11 runs and a stirring comeback win on opening night on the road. Uh, he just kept hitting. And so that team that team with, with Kowser and, and the draft picks averaged over 30 games at Delmarva, seven and a half runs a game. That's ridiculous. And so they scored 11 last night, and those draft picks have now added Prieto, who had three hits. So I think Aberdeen is going to be some fun team to watch. And I'll tell you another thing about the, that team. I've gotten to know the new manager, Roberto Mercado, pretty well in a short amount of time. He's an impressive guy. I think the players respond to him. I was at Aberdeen this week, too, sitting within the, with Kowser and those guys in the dugout. And, I mean, it's a close-knit group there, those draft picks. They really – they're kind of coming up together, and it's kind. Of, I think it's going to be a beautiful thing for the Orioles. Yeah, the the farm system as a as a whole is a beautiful thing for the Orioles right now. It's a, the the thing to get excited about. They just added another guy in Antonio Velez. He came over in a trade with um the Marlins for uh, Cole Solcer and Tanner Scott. Mixed reviews, mixed reactions here in Birdland about uh, that trade. What were your thoughts on the trade? I, I was kind of, uh, my knee-jerk reaction was, well, the bullpen just got weaker, but they looked really good yesterday. How did you feel seeing uh, Tanner, Tanner Scott and Cole Salser be moved? I think that the way Elias looked at it is, A, we're not winning the AL East this year. Yeah. B, Tanner Scott and Cole Salser, we like them both a lot. But can we give Baker or Bautista or somebody else those innings and will they do as well, reasonably as well, close to as well? The answer may be yes. And if the answer is yes, 
Three, can we now acquire future assets? And I think that's what he did. I think in long long term, this will be a smart trade for a rebuilding team, especially if Antonio Velez turns out to be a decent pitcher, which we don't know that yet, but the early returns were good, and he's going to start tomorrow for Bowie. And then the big thing is the draft pick. Uh, the number where that pick comes is right around the number they drafted Kyle Stowers. Right. So add another Kyle Stowers to that trade, which that's what they hope they'll do with that pick, by the way. Uh, all of a sudden, that trade is the more favorable. And you mentioned Kyle Stowers, and, and we'll leave you on this one. He um, he has a bruised hand from getting hit by a pitch in the in the opener for uh, Norfolk the other day. Hasn't played since, but uh, we heard people that were at the game say that he was in uniform. He warmed up. He threw yesterday. Do you intens- anticipate him um, returning back to the lineup maybe today or tomorrow? Or do you think that this thing lingers a little bit longer? I, I don't know the answer to that because I haven't had the time to ask anybody with opening day coming and all that going on and uh, they may not tell me anyway you know it's their right to say or not to say with injuries so all we heard this week was precautionary didn't sound like there was anything long term about this uh, you know but yet he hadn't played yet so we hope he gets back soon maybe they're being cautious for a couple days that's okay with me as long as we see him before too long yeah, no, I I agree with you. That's that's a that's a big guy that you want to that you have plans for at the major league level this year. So get him healthy and get him back. Steve, always great to talk some minor league baseball with you. We certainly appreciate. It. Congrats on the new gig. Before we let you go, uh, what can we plug for you today? Oh man, just check out uh, all the stuff we got going on. I, I had an an interesting story that I wrote today on MassInSports.com with Gunnar Henderson, who told me, believe it or not, he used foam baseballs off of pitching machines this spring to help his game. And I thought that what an interesting story and what a, what a cerebral kid who keeps trying to get better. Yeah. The long story short here is he's trying to cut down his strikeout rate and he's trying to get to elevated fastballs better. And so I love a young kid who knows where he needs to get better and then goes to address it. And with the coaching staff of the Orioles, that's what they're doing on the farm right now. Gunner didn't show up and go, I'm the number three prospect in Birdland. There's not much I need to do here. Just get ready. No, he said, I need to get better. If I want to get to the big leagues, I got a 30K rate, and I got to cut that down. And so they went to work on that with a foam baseball. And if that works, you know, they got all these million analytics, and a foam baseball might be something that makes him better. So um, give the kid and the coaches credit for addressing things. Oh, man, the makeup of that kid. I'm just impressed with him day by day here. Um but yeah, guys, go over to MassInSports.com, read that article and more from Steve Molesky. You can follow him on Twitter, at MassInSteve. Steve, always a pleasure. Have a great weekend, and go O's, man. Have a, have a great time this season. All right, man. Appreciate it. Talk to you later. Take care. And again, that was Steve Molesky. Really great talking some minor league baseball with him today. Really great segment from him hearing about these guys and how quickly he thinks that they could move. Uh, certainly certainly things to be excited about. And that's why you can be excited about the 2022 Baltimore Orioles is that you're going to see a lot of these top prospects graduate to the major league level and they're going to see where they are and what they need to do to supplement talent onto this team and become a competitive major league team hopefully as soon As 2023, it's certainly exciting. Uh, Something else that's exciting is that we can bet on sports in Maryland now, but still can't on our phones. 
But you can feel like you're betting totally legally and right on your phone by playing underdog fantasy football. What's more exciting than winning some money and getting free money? You can do player props, parlays, and traditional fantasy games are all available, and baseball season is underway. You can try your hand at underdog's many baseball contests. I mentioned free. We're going to give you free money to play with thanks to our friends at Underdog Fantasy Football. Go to underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use the code PRESSBOX, and whatever you download, up to $100, we will match. That's right, up to $100. When you use the code PRESSBOX with Underdog Fantasy Football. Guys, we kind of got a Knicks um, Orioles banter today. Zach has has to go scout a game um, out, out in Frederick. And it's about an hour drive, so I told him I would get it, get him out of here with enough time to to get to that game and get himself firmly ready to scout uh, a particular pitcher. So we're going to skip Orioles banter today. We're going to move straight into Take to Rake. Uh, I took last week Ryan Mountcastle. Zach, you took Cedric Mullins. Both went one for four. Mullins three Ks, including the final out with a tying run on base. I'm going to call this week a draw. Yeah, I, I don't see a winner N- here. Neither um, one of them raked. No, they both they bad. both had a hit. You can make the argument that Mountcastle didn't look as bad as Mullins did but yesterday, he didn't rake. but he didn't rake. So it's a draw, which is like kissing your sister on the first day of the year. Um, we're going to try and get better for next week. So that means two things. One, my first my uh, my picking first translates to this week because mm-hmm. we had a draw last week. Mm-hmm. And this week, I'm going to take Jorge Mateo. Yeah, I was going to do that. I am feeling Jorge Mateo. His swing looks good. His batting eye looks good. Um, he, he had some really good at-bats yesterday, except for the final. He was re- he had a really bad final bat, a little over-eager there. But I think this dude's going to hit this year, and I think he's also going to hit with a little bit yeah. of pop, too. Um, I so was going to do that one. So I'm, take I'm, I'm taking Jorge Mateo. So, Zach, who you got real quick? Yeah, give me uh, give me Arias. Ramon Arias. Arias. That's who I was thinking about yeah. also. Arias, um, he, he's got one of the best bats. He's going to get on base team. a lot. He yeah. really is. And, uh, I, I, yeah, he had that nice double yesterday. I'm going to do Arias. All right, so I have Mateo. Zach has Arias. Um, so we're doing a new segment, and it's Final Thoughts. And basically... Uh, Zach and I will both give our final thoughts, but somebody gets to steal the thunder, and you get to steal the thunder by if mm. you win take to rake, you get to go first okay. with your final thoughts. I didn't win take to rake, but I won the last year's take to rake, so I'm going to go first today. Okay. Um, until you beat me, man, these are the pri- these are the privileges and the perks of being the host of the show and winning take mm-hmm. to rake. All right. My final thought. Is on Cedric Mullins and Cedric. Okay. Cedric had a bad spring. He did. He he looked lost at the plate at times, and uh, sometimes he swung at some bad pitches, took some poor bats, struck out a ton. And then yesterday he had the base hit, but he struck out three times, and that that last at bat wasn't particularly competitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not red alert concerned, but I'm a little concerned. I, I, I'm I'm a little concerned that Cedric Mullins. Maybe trying to prove right. that last season wasn't a fluke. Look, he had a home run into the wind uh, down in Sarasota yep. that no balls were going out to right field that day, and he still put one over. Yep. It would have been a 470-foot home run. The guy can absolutely mash, which is incredible considering he's a, he's five foot eight. Right, he's not a big guy. Right. Um, but I think he might be pressing, trying to prove sure. that last year wasn't a fluke. Right now, I I think that Cedric's. Getting off to a slow start. It was a slow start spring. A three strikeout day yesterday. I think he'll he'll snap out of it. I just don't know how quickly. I think he's got to get out of his own head a little bit. So my my final thought is, my concern levels are growing with Cedric Mullins for twenty twenty two. 
I'm with you on that. Um, I definitely think he's pressing a little bit. And, and one of the big things the Orioles really value is swing decisions and just making the right decision on what pitch to swing at mm-hmm. and the location, the, the pitch itself. And he hasn't looked good with that at all. That's no. been maybe his worst thing is he's been swinging at a lot of terrible pitches. I mean, nothing that's even remotely close to the zone. And that's one of the things he did yesterday and all during spring training. So that's a concern for me uh, for sure. My final thought is going to be about Jorge Mateo. Um, you know, Mateo is not a world beater. He's not someone who's going to, you know, get, put up five war this year or be a superstar. At least I don't think. I mean, you never, you never know. I mean, Cedric Mullins did it. So, you know, I, I shouldn't say never. But he's a guy who is a organizational role player who can turn himself into a starter and turn himself into a decent starter. I think Jorge Mateo this year solidifies himself as the starting shortstop of the Orioles for the entire year. Um, and I even think he has a role on the next competitive Orioles team. I don't know what that's going to be, but when you have 80-grade speed like this guy does and you can you know fly around the bases, and he doesn't have 80-grade straight line speed. This guy has 80-grade game game speed. This guy mm-hmm. plays the game hard and does the game the right way. If he stays healthy and he hits the ball a little bit, I think this guy's going to have a role on the next competitive Orioles team. Yeah, I, I think that's a great final thought. I think that this is a guy, because he can play all three outfield he positions. Can. He can play all around the infield. The yep. only positions he really doesn't play are first base catcher and pitcher. Mm-hmm. Um, this That's a guy, and with, with that kind of speed, that's a guy who, who probably plays three to five days a week yeah. on the next competitive team. Yeah. That's that, that's a guy you want on your team. That's an excellent final thought there, Zach. Real quick, you've got one final bill for us to pay for us today. I do, I do. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets with Glenn Clark and that guy, Paul Valley every Tuesday morning at 11.40. Fandle Sportsbook GM Bruce Billick and VSIN's Aaron Oster joins the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and even a few winners. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday at 11.40 a.m. Brought to you by the Fandle Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. And every Thursday... Every other Thursday, I'm sorry, at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stetka and Bet Preps Brad Feinberg help you make some money for the weekend. All right, guys. That's going to do it for us here on the Bat Around. Thank you for tuning in. And if you stuck around through our little technical difficulties debacle, glad you did because you, you, you got to... You got to hear two excellent interviews with Orestes yes. Estrade and Steve Molesky. If you didn't stick around, what were you thinking? What the hell were you thinking? Um, sorry that we didn't get to do Orioles banter today. Um, Zach had a bit of a tighter window, so we had to kind of bend a little bit for that. It will be back next week uh, in full force. We'll get we'll get a little bit more of Zach's and my opinion on some things going around in Birdland. Guys, the season's underway. Orioles about to uh, about to start up against the Rays in a, just over an hour, hour and five minutes from now. Uh, so go enjoy the game. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy opening day on Monday. I'll be there. Zach will be there. My dad will be there. If you guys want to stop by Section 68 and say hello to me, <laughs> (laughs) my dad. Um, But until, until next week, see ya!